0: scan complete and enter to logbook. As of time of this transmission, 24 hours remain until the declassification of Samus Aran's latest mission upon the planet of ZDR. But what brought our brave space warrior to this dreadful point in her life? today on the overmanga cast we covered the Metroid prequel manga written by Koji Tazawa and illustrated by Kenji Ishikawa. We read volumes 1 and two covering samus’s origins upon space colony K2l and the events leading up to and during her zero mission. And now begin mission. Mom! Welcome, everybody, to the Cast once again. My name is Sam, and here at the top of the episode, we like to talk about what our familiarity with the franchise is. And um, (sighs) now you know our pain, too. (laughs) Honestly, it's probably easier to list what I don't know about the Metroid franchise, but I will be succinct. Uh, in the year of our Lord, 2002, a young Sam managed to convince his parents that nine is basically ten and ten is basically a teenager. So I'm totally old enough for this cool game I saw in Nintendo Power, Mom. And that's how I got Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion. And uh, my life hasn't been the same since. I've played every game. I've beaten most of them. I absolutely freaking adore this franchise. And the fact that the next one comes out tomorrow after 19 years, i going to contain myself for the sake of the audio quality.
1: How about you, Jacob? Almost all of my interaction with the Metroid series has basically been what you just heard from Sam. Not that I've had that experience, I've heard that story that many times. <laughs> I, have a, I have a passing knowledge of the Metroid franchise. Metroidvanias aren't really my style, so I've not actually played the Metroid games before, but um, like, I know of them, I know of Samus as a character, you know. So I have a I have a passing knowledge and sort of like how uh, some of my um, obsessions will leak over into Sam's lexicon. Metroid is the one that Sam sends to me in return. And how about you, Matt? I think I played Prime 1. I can't remember.
2: Oh, you know (laughs) what I did play? I played the demo for Metroid Prime Hunters a lot. Yeah, first hunt. That was very good. That was the uh, the multiplayer uh, shooting arena on the DS that was essentially Quake for if you didn't want to pay for Quake. <laughs> yep.
0: First Hunt was pretty good. Uh it had some actual like unique OST to it that didn't appear in Prime Hunters. You're going to be hearing a lot of this random Metroid trivia from me. Again, I've been
1: a super fan of this since 2002. We have been living this since the dread announcement. Now you feel our pain, too. Don't worry, dear
2: listener. Uh, Sam will make it easy for you. Every time he spouts some nonsensical uh, Metroid trivia, you'll hear a little Samus warp ball noise. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: anyway, yes. So we read the Metroid manga, which came out roughly around the same time as Zero Mission, uh, so the 2004, 2005 range, uh, and it chronicles Samus's origin, which had not actually been that deeply explored until this. Uh, we knew that Samus uh, was an orphan, that she was most, that she knew the planet Zebes better than anyone else, that she was probably raised by the Chozo. And this did a lot to confirm that. But we don't start there. We start with... A flash forward before our flashback as Samus, successful bounty hunter, completes another mission handily. And as she is making her way home because, you know, this last mission was such a cakewalk for her, she decides to uh, reminisce on the
1: past. We start off with the very recognizable Samus. This is less a commentary on Metroid and more a commentary on because uh, like Nintendo has a lot of like silent protagonist characters. The two that are the like the most prominent are uh, Samus and Link. But one of the things I really appreciate about a lot of Nintendo games is that even when they do silent protagonists, they do have a noticeable personality. Like you can tell if they're being written out of character, even though they generally speaking, don't speak. They lead you into this comic that is going to be exploring parts of Samus's life that you've never seen by showing a very recognizable face to Samus. Badass, stoic easily handling things, supremely confident. And they they show that version of Samus before they move into exploration of the character before she is that recognizable way.
0: This like opening thing is Samus basically from super. She's got the full big shoulders Varia suit, the same gunship, all that good stuff. Actually, it might even be like post super pre-fusion, but uh, okay, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> we, we flash back to Samus's life on the space colony K2L, which uh, it serves a very important function in the nascent galactic federation because it is a body rich with a
1: floral type, a special uh, compound that helps make spaceships go real fast. Zoom. I'm glad you pronounced it because like all of the actual like mechanics of it were totally made sense to me but it's like like here here's the uh, science fiction power source okay yep. and that's it was just it was just the ship goes zoom stuff to me the ship goes zoom juice
0: yeah and we uh, we don't see samus to start off with we're introduced to her parents uh, rodney and virginia aran rodney is the chief uh, of this mining operation uh, confidently directing his men to get all the uh, stuff up on the ship and out for shipment and virginia is a standard caring anime mom does she have a side ponytail i don't remember no she
2: does not have the dead mom hair ah uh, she has the back ponytail because she needs to look almost identical to samus except with slightly darker hair <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i was about to say she does actually uh have a hairstyle that
1: samus wears later on in the franchise so <laughs> Yeah, they they also have to establish that this stuff is, of course, explosive because, of course, it is.
0: (laughs) Yep. It's very boomy. You do not want to jostle it. This will come up later. And uh, of course, we have to cut to our main character, Little Samus, age three, absolutely adorable, off in the woods, making friends (laughs) with
2: the with the wildlife. And if you're ever wondering, how do we know she's age three? Because Samus will tell you her age every time she introduces herself. And I thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, it's also a very three year old thing to do. I met yeah. Samus Aran, three years old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's She's so precious his Tiny Bean. But yeah, her backpack was stolen by a little rabbit looking alien thing and was taken up into a tree. But before she can get it back the Chozo have touched down and her friends say hey weird aliens are here come take a look
1: and uh, so she does we get mostly introduced to old bird at this point he is what his name says
0: yeah he's an old bird he's a he is a uh very aged Chozo feathers beak the whole nine yards
1: yeah Chozo anthropomorphized bird person aliens for those of you who don't know again you uh hopefully you've done the reading but uh I'm, I'm just gonna get this out of the
0: way if you ever ever have a question about metroid lore bird magic that's the answer it's bird <laughs> magic
2: you're not wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> but samus in her eagerness bumps into old bird who being the kindly old grandpa that he is is not uh at all perturbed
2: by this and uh he and samus quickly become friends I love the bit when they're introduced, he's like, You can call me by my name. Among the Chozo, I am known as Old Bird. But seeing as you are a child, I would not mind if you called me Grandpa Bird. That would be fine, too. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, too, yeah. The Chozo are here because they want some of that type, And they're not really, they're not saying why. They're just like, hey, can we have some of the, can we have some of the space juice? And all the miners are like, no,
1: <laughs> like, it's like thank you for asking, but all of this stuff is spoken for. <laughs> like we we would help you out, but like all of this stuff already has a home. You should know because you're a part of the federation
2: that's it's owned by. So you're just asking for a little under the table. Yeah, and and old bird is like basically yes. I understand this
0: is unorthodox. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, just put in a requisition request.
2: (laughs) But I don't want to. (laughs) Uh,
0: But that conversation uh, happens mostly in the background as uh, Old Bird, through his old Chozo wisdom, gives Samus a few levels in uh, Animal Ken so she can uh, befriend the little rabbit thing and gives...
2: Because you skipped over the weirdest part about this scene is um, this old Chozo diplomat came to make a trade deal. And then a three year old said, come play in the woods with me. And he's like, I I really shouldn't. Come on. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess I'm going with the child now. Which The the three year old child's parents just watch as this foreign dignitary runs off with their daughter to the woods. He's like. I mean, cool. The Chozo are pretty cool guys, but they also want a legal rocket fuel from us. <laughs> yeah, Rodney's like, oh, that girl will be the death of me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just and, saying, Samus's parents are not winning any awards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, old bird, old bird's like, sorry, gray voice, can you continue the negotiations?
1: And the other Chozo's like, dude. <laughs> What are you doing? You sort of expect it's like, hey, can I have some under the table sort of thing to, to be more hostile than this? But the the chose are just like, we kind of don't want to put in a requisition for reasons we can't tell you. Can you just give us some? No, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. I'd like to help you, but we just can't. Well, Drat. All right, bye then. And they just leave. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. We tried asking nicely and that was all we had. <laughs>
1: well i mean you know it's it's very much the the fact that like they asked nicely they were told no and they were like yeah that's understandable we were asking for something that was technically illegal and then and it's like it's not even a trick that they're gonna turn around and steal it or anything they just leave (laughs) understandable have a nice (laughs) stay i don't know because it's like like especially in origin stories and like obviously like there's You know, there's the the lore of the games that the that this manga has to like fit into. But like in so many other origin stories, like, you know, someone asking for asking politely for um, illegal rocket fuel under the table would, like, try to steal it or something. But, like, the the level of genuineness of, we know this is technically illegal, but can you do us a solid? I'm sorry we can't. Okay, bye. Like, it really (laughs) characterizes the Chozo as... As a people, yeah. Yeah, they're very genuinely a peacekeeping, lawful good kind of race. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. not the right way of...
2: That's definitely how they're portrayed in these
1: first
0: couple of chapters. Yeah, the Chozo uh, are very peaceful they're very understanding they they take a very long-term perspective on
1: things because we learn later that they are near immortal or at the very least ageless they're so long lived that they have lived through the generation of like pretty much every other species multiple Mm -hmm. generations for them is one lifetime for a chozo
0: we do have to introduce something important is that samus and old bird in the woods having their little animal can uh lesson
1: we we need an animal companion for this manga
0: <laughs> yes so the little rabbit thing gets named Pianchi, and it apparently takes a liking to this name and jumps down and gives samus the backpack
1: back and now is her friend and it is very cute this will this will not be the only time that we we get a companion you know i went in knowing what this was this is a tie-in to a video game and we do get other characters besides Pianchi that are like, this is a character for this manga. You'll never see them again. And they can't do anything plot relevant. This is the first one where it's like, uh, here's a character that's never going to come up again. And yet Pianchi does a lot. <laughs> it weaves around the fact that it has to do that. You know, mm. the uh, the speaking characters who end up in that category are a little bit are done a little bit dirty to the point where the manga actually makes fun of itself for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it knows its constraints and is like, you know, rolls with it, which that's the best way of handling that issue.
0: It's the most you can ask for a tie-in manga, yeah. But the Chozo are like, understandable, have a nice stay, and they leave. And they're like, so what are we going to do? We need the rocket fuel. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out something else. After all, we cannot allow Metroid to remain unawakened.
1: Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Title drop. Uh, But unfortunately, the uh, the next uh, group that comes in who wants a little uh, super rocket fuel under the table, they're not as um, accommodating as the Chozo. Nope. (laughs) Space pirate time. And oh boy, can I just say when
0: this manga decides to do glamour shots, it does glamour shots really good. And Ridley's first panel is so intimidating.
1: I guess I'll I'll bring this up now, because I was going to bring this up a little bit later. It does glamour shots of Ridley consistently really well. Yeah. I mean Samus has some issues with the art. <laughs> yeah. Meh. I kind of knew this going in, but, like, this is a pretty cheaply made tie-in manga. The thing that stood out to me is that clearly the people who were working on it had a passion for what they were making. And, like, I appreciated that, but, like... You can kind of see in some places where it's the cheaply made tie-in. It's usually specifically teenage Samus. Because it's like um, more stylized faces aren't really a problem. A character will meet a little later Adam. Uh, they mm-hmm. tend to do like, uh, like moody or shadowy kind of uh, shots for him. And those seem fine. But when they just try to do like Samus's face, just like like in establishing shots, that's the cases where like the proportions will get a little bit weird. <laughs>
2: I think that's mostly a problem with like trying to get a design for a teenaged character because mm-hmm. you kind of, for like three-year-old Samus, you have a lot of leeway. You're just like, okay, I need a blonde little girl. Mm-hmm. If we call her Samus, that's it. Teenage Samus, you have to look like someone who's growing into adult Samus, but isn't quite there yet. So you've got like a yep. weird middle ground you're trying to be consistent with. That's the problem with like drawing up to an established character. Like, yeah, mm-hmm you have to show the transition point when you're the one making up the transition point. No, it has to be recognizably Samus, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. teenage Samus. And like, no one really knows what that looks like so i I get the feeling they kind of aim for the middle
1: and they just kind of went for it and yeah because that's the other thing um like the the way that i took it when i was reading it is that maybe like non-stylized human faces weren't exactly the mangaka's strength but from that perspective it's also worth noting that i think the only other normal human that we see is actually adam So it's entirely it's entirely probable that that's actually more more to the point what the issue is. The point of that is there there are places where you remember the context in which this was made, but like it doesn't take away from it. So speaking of taking away from it, uh, Ridley's attacking the planet.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The space pirate attack on K2L happens pretty quickly after this because Ridley's like, hmm, why'd the Chozo go there and just leave? Lord Ridley, we're detecting large amounts of a fluorotide on the planet. Oh. Well then. I suppose it's mine now.
2: Tell me I'm too big to be in Smash, will you? Well <laughs> <laughs> Smash.
0: We have Ridley realizing what's going on, and uh we, Smash cut back to the planet where uh, alarms are sounding because the space pirates are coming. Send a, an emergency transmission to the Federation police. They're they're coming. We have to hold out. Uh, that doesn't last very long. No, it doesn't. One of my favorite pages in the manga, because it's just, you know, a peaceful scene of Samus and Pianchi playing in the woods. And then there is a boom, a mushroom cloud in the distance. Samus looks a little confused. And then the shockwave hits. It applies an appropriate amount of uh, dread to the situation as Ridley displays his bloodthirstiness saying, I literally don't care what you do so long as we get the goods, murder all of them, have fun with it. And the pirates go to work. It is quite gruesome, but that all happens off panel. Because well, there, um, there
1: is a panel of it, but yeah, this one doesn't show the like the graphic violence that some of the other ones that we've uh, reviewed yeah, we on do. this podcast have. Which
2: which is great because we get the nice heartwarming scene of um little Samus trying to make friends with Ridley.
0: Well, yeah, because she just learned from Old Bird that, you know, we may look different, but, you know, we're still people. And, and like, I actually love this scene because Samus doesn't know that Ridley is the attacking force. She doesn't know that he's the cause of this chaos. So she's like, I'm scared. He must be too. Don't worry. We, we can be friends and we can, we'll, we'll find my parents. We'll stay safe. And then Ridley is like, (laughs) that's real cute kid.
1: Die. I got the weirdest Jurassic world fallen kingdom vibes from this and another scene. It's something that they established very early on. And, and um, it's it's a case where they both show and tell like they basically outright tell you that Ridley is a sadist. Yep. He enjoys inflicting pain on things like it, it's not just a matter of he wants he wants the valuable thing because money. It's not just that um he has like some kind of like deep seated hatred that he's inflicting, you know, like he's projecting onto others or anything. No, he just likes hurting people. He likes hurting. He likes killing. And the way that he smiles reminded me of the way that the Indoraptor smiles in Fallen Kingdom, <laughs> and it's like making such a non-human face express such a thankfully rare human expression mm-hmm. so well. Like I was a bit disparaging of of the uh, teenage Samus's face, but man, Ridley looks amazing in this. The only thing the only thing is. When they do Ridley in shadow because he is black, sometimes it can be hard to see, you know, like all of him, which is kind of the intention with those. But I feel like there are a couple of cases when he's in shadow, it goes too far. But like, man, he's so expressive, you know, like for this for this, like raging pterodactyl monster, he's such a character.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a single panel of Ridley that is going saved in my reaction images folder where uh, Samus is saying like, hey, Mr. Ridley, do you want to be friends? There's just a single panel of him just going like, it's just this pure emotion of like, oh, you you poor child. And it's like this deep, sorrowful look because it's, oh, I'm so sorry, miss. We can't be friends. And then flip page, because I'm going to kill you. But like that one panel of just Ridley going like, yep. He, well, <laughs> he almost looks like he regrets what he's about to do
0: but then but then it goes away
1: but like the reason it almost looks like he's regretting what he's about to do is because he's faking it because that's more painful to the person he's about to kill he's giving them hope before he tears it away it's such a it's it is such a vile thing to do and a common you know show don't tell but it's like you know, one of the things that really works about the way that Ridley is introduced is that they tell you how evil he is. You know, they back it up with his actions through the rest of the story. Yep. Uh, but just before Ridley can crush Samus under his
0: claw, Virginia runs in screaming to save her daughter. And this distracts Ridley enough that he's like, nah, I guess I'll just laser this one instead and uses his plasma breath to destroy Virginia, which admittedly, does give Samus cover to run. Samus just watches her mom get vaporized.
2: It is pretty horrific. It it is pretty horrific. It is also an example of one of the things I kind of had a problem with reading this is, um, sometimes the action that's happening is not the most clear. Yeah. Because, like, that page in particular, the mom runs from, like, way off screen in, like, a manner of time that just doesn't... Seem to track. Like... It each individual scene is really impactful on their own, but when you follow the line of, like, how the action's going, I'm like, how... What did her mom do?
1: Yeah. Like, it almost
2: looks like her mom screamed and Ridley changed target, but,
1: like... She's it, too far away for that to make sense. Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. And that actually I was this is another case where I was gonna bring this up later with a with a the specific example I noticed because to me there's an element to the dialogue that feels very like like attempting to do 80s, which was a thing that was done a lot at the time when this manga actually came out in the uh like mid-aughts, where it's like going for a particular like announcery style with a lot of the dialogue. Basically the thing that JoJo's parodies, incidentally. And it's it's very much the case where once I'm like, oh, they're going for a particular style, I could still notice that it was like it was an attempt at a style that was not quite hitting the mark. But at the same time, like, you know, again, just like with the, you know, stuff of like trying to do a teenage Samus has to look in a certain way. It's not so bad that it takes you out of it. It's just you can't not notice when the video game tie in manga that was made cheaply is a video game tie in manga that's made cheaply. (laughs) It's very pulp. Yep, it's super pulpy. That is the word I was looking for and could not find, thank you. It is very pulp.
2: Yeah, well, anyway, we, we cut to Samus's dad, who I love, because the space, like, armor suit he's wearing makes him look like the uh, English bark box art for Mega Man. He <laughs> <laughs>
0: like...
2: <It> does! <laughs>
0: yeah, uh,
2: Rodney has snuck his way
0: onto the pirate car- onto the pirate ship, but he's like, oh, what the shit am I actually going to do with this? I'm, I'm alone. All I have is a welding torch. And he immediately gets caught by two pirates. And they mock him for just having the welding torch. Uh huh. And he's like, well, you took this to didn't you? This highly explosive, highly reactive material. And the pirates are like, no, don't do it. And Rodney says, I'm sorry about this, Virginia, but I have to. I love you, Samus. And he and he triggers the explosion.
1: Well, the other thing is the pirates aren't even scared because the pirates do the common villain trope of no one would ever sacrifice themselves like that, at (laughs) which point he immediately sacrifices himself like that.
0: Yep. And we get my favorite panel in the comic, which is (laughs) Ridley. Another great reaction image. (laughs) Ridley seeing this explosion going, What? Why is my
2: ship on fire? Oh, Ridley, you don't know how often you'll have to ask that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just feels like that's the perfect reaction image to so many things in everything. (laughs) Why is my ship
1: on fire? And again, like personifying such an inhuman character, he's like, What? Wait, what? Like, how did that (laughs) happen? It's one of those, it's one of those, like, You looked away for two seconds and then everything's gone to madness. Burning ship
0: crashes onto Ridley, consuming him in flames and killing the evil for good. Good job, guys. We did it. Ridley's no more.
1: Yeah, it's such a pity. I really like that character. They could contrive a way to have him show up later again in every single Metroid game.
0: In 70% of every of the games of the franchise. (laughs) Oh, I have it. I have a list in the outline. (laughs) But we cut from that to uh, the Chozo having received the distress signal returning to K2L too late because everything is ash and they are walking through mourning what happened to the humans. But there is one person left, one person looking for their mama and papa. (laughs) Yonchi. And
1: Samus.
0: (laughs) And Samus and the Chozo find our our young hero. Being the kind souls that they are, they take her in. Well, old bird takes her in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gray voice is. I'm mixed on the characterization of Gray Voice in this manga.
1: I'm gonna have a whole thing about particularly Old Bird and Gray Voice, but the point where it's relevant, I'm saving it for then. So, um, I, I mm-hmm. do, I do have, uh, I do have some stuff for that. The next
2: chapter I'm I'm really in Gray Voice's corner because essentially Old Bird takes Samus with them to their planet Zebes.
1: Mm-hmm. How is she going to survive? Yeah, yeah Gray
2: Voice is just like, "Buddy, you bought a desert plant. We live in Seattle. The humidity <laughs> alone is going to kill it within like 3 days. Why would you do this? Go find yep. another planet and drop it there." <laughs> no,
1: it lives with me now. It's my bird daughter. <laughs> and uh the the easy and completely rational solution to this is bird DNA that will fix the problem. We will now
2: hybridize her with the chozo. Have you read My hero Academia? It's kind of like that, but with machines <laughs>
0: <laughs> also Matt, I am uh happy that you pronounced Zebus correctly. I took a stab in the dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would, I would have, I would have done Zebus, which I'm guessing is the wrong way. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't it'd... pronounce the second e then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. It, it,
2: it'd be Zebes if you were trying Zeebs. for that. So yeah. Zebus. Zebus.
1: I don't know. I kind of like Zebes actually. I think Zebes is that. pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going <laughs> to switch to that as well. Oh, so we go to Planet Zebes. God damn it! Anyway, <laughs> <sighs> we get introduced to Mother Brain we get introduced to a Gladys-style robot that says it's Mother Brain.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. The the Okay, <laughs> so, so, see, I didn't get Gladys vibes. I'm like, hi, Hal 9000. I didn't know that's what Mother Brain was. <laughs> that's probably the reference, actually,
2: but... <laughs> yeah. Be, oh, my God. Because, again, Metroid, I, Metroid draws from a
0: lot of existing sci-fi. Alien, most prominently, but a lot of old sci-fi is in this franchise
1: and like this is just a through line for everything mother brain in this is just 100 percent how 9000 yep and like that's not a complaint mind you this is just like the... a very very campy scenery chewing how 9000 <laughs> well yeah it, it, it it's a Hal 9000 that fits in the universe of metroid but like not having um a lot of experience with the metroid franchise it's like you know like sort of there's a bit of a realization of, like oh Mother Brain's HAL 9000. Okay, I got it. It's a very quick introduction to the character, and you kind of know where everything's going to go from there at that point. But Samus is uh, given the Chozo DNA,
0: which doesn't physically alter her in any aesthetic way. Okay. Bird magic. <laughs> you, you think she start
2: like growing feathers or something? But you're right, Jake. Bird magic. Hey, <laughs> we don't know. We just got to
1: see little blonde-haired the three-year-old. Maybe that's why her hair is so long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Chozo DNA. The other thing is, the other thing is, she's always in a bodysuit that covers her completely from the neck down. And you don't know what uh, any of the rest of her looks like. That's not even true
2: in this manga, Jacob. Yeah. She wears her zero suit at least twice. And
0: that's literally just. No, she doesn't wear the zero suit in this, but we do see her in the civilian
2: clothes from one. Oh, that's right. I've I, I forgot Samus's civilian clothes are. When she turns work- into Carmen San Diego briefly. Well, <laughs> well, she turns into Alucard briefly, but we'll get there. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, her
0: her civvies, which are basically just a sports bra and some booty shorts.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, her her civies are what you might wear roller skating on a like hundred degree day. Not <laughs> yeah, civvies.
0: Exactly. But anyway, 11 years later, Samus is uh, training in the power suit. Samus Aran, 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gray voice is being a little harsher there. It's like, come on, the enemy's closing in. Shoot them. And uh, her aim is pretty atrocious. But, uh, you know, she she's learning. It's probably like her first time in the power suit or whatever. And uh, we, we get uh, tween Samus here. <laughs> In all her tween angstiness, it's pretty funny.
2: What do you mean the suit doesn't do all the work for me? What's the point of it then? I just want to hang out with my rabbit.
1: She basically does almost say exactly that.
2: That's grave voice she's training with, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I love the one quote he has during this scene when he's talking about you need to be a protector. It's like you don't understand. You're going someplace dangerous. Second or third place are worthless. That's death you mm-hmm. need to constantly succeed my teenage daughter oh i i can see why this might have um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well actually no chozo have no concept of putting too high of expectations on people chozo <laughs> you... do not think that way you're right you're absolutely right because she says i don't know i'm anxious about all this pressure I and mean, they essentially get the quote like Huh, that's a weird human trait. We chose a once we accept something must be done, that is a fact of the world. We do not worry about it. What a mm-hmm. weird thing you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't understand these expectations you're talking about. You're going to be
1: a protector of the galaxy. Just complete the training and do it. I'm going to go sulk on a mountain top. <laughs> this is something I didn't really think about it until this point, but like, like she would be an angsty teenager about this and it's kind of nice that they don't like flanderize the way that Samus is like in the games onto this character and make her like already a stoic badass or anything like for a lot of this I was waiting for stoic badass Samus to show up but like the thing I had to keep reminding myself of is it's like no this is her getting there of course she's gonna be acting like this at this age oh no Jacob if they had had three year old
2: Samus stare down Ridley and pull out a gun I (laughs) would have loved this manga so much (laughs) it would have been 10 out of 10 read it all day every day (laughs) (laughs) that would have been rad i'm not gonna lie
0: but (laughs) i am glad we got to see the trend the uh the growth
1: yeah, the actual growth, because that's and I mean, like, you know, th- this is something that usually comes up in like, you know, the the prequel to any given series will um like if it has an established hero that we're doing the origin story of that hero, you know, not like, you know, we got to please the fans. So they do the thing that they're known for. But it's like if it doesn't make sense for them to be that way as they're growing up, then it fails as an origin story because it's not the origin of the of the character anymore. Mm hmm. So it, it was very much the case where I, I, I noticed myself slipping into the trap of expecting like adult Samus out of teen Samus. And I had to I had to remind myself that what the point of this was. <laughs> anyway, angsty Samus finds a butterfly and
2: thinks it's pretty. And uh, old birds just like butterfly. No, that is merely something ionizing from the past. And then she's like, Ugh, science talk, boring. Yeah. Jeez, Dad, why can't things just be cool?
0: We we do have a very cute drawing of Pianchi leaping on Old Bird's head and playing with his feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that so much. Old Bird and Samus are trying to have another little heart-to-heart moment. It it it's middling. Uh Samus basically sits up on this mountain brooding all day until she sees uh one of the uh one of the more uh, heartbreaking panels in this manga, Kasama sees more of the like butterfly things, and they're in this field of flowers. And she, being the kind soul who loves animals that she is, she gets them some juice. She's hanging out with the animals, having a having a good gr- having a good time.
2: I, I I don't like that this canonizes the characterization that you're supposed to save those animals on your way escaping. You gotta just you gotta just leave them to die. Planet animals up.
0: are in fusion. It's canon.
2: No, <laughs> she left them to die because she's a cool bounty hunter who doesn't care.
0: It is canon that she
2: saves the animals. I don't care how many frames it saves you, GDQ! You no, save them! You, you gotta save the frames. It's a speedrunning event, Sam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to every long-running fandom ever. <laughs>
2: One person who actually cares and another person just uh, pretending to care to get a rise out of the other person.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Hard hitting commentary on the OvermangaCast today.
1: <laughs> As the guy who has been in this conversation, uh, the, the one who cares. Yes, that's how long running fandoms work.
0: You, you're also the one who uh, isn't who doesn't actually care and stirs the pot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've been on both sides. Yeah, I I can't deny that. <sighs> We're not talking about other. Album.
0: Anyway, the the chozo are really worried about this thing on SR three eighty eight, which I know it's supposed to be sr eight eight, but that's that's too many words. I still say th- three eighty eight.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a manga, so it's it's pronounced however you want it to be pronounced. Also, a number. Yeah. So anyone who tells you you're pronouncing a number wrong is dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah,
0: uh, the Chozo are all gathered around having a conference with Mother Brain and she's like, yeah, the Metroids are growing at an average rate, which is not what we need. We need the Metroid to be ready like yesterday. And Old Bird is like, "Uh, the children of the Chozo Hopefully they will develop quickly enough. What do you mean children of the Metroids and Samus? Obviously, huh?
1: (laughs) I don't like one of those things.
0: Does not compute. I kind of read it as Mother Brain not understanding um, Old Bird's perspective on considering the Metroid and Samus to be the, the children of the Chozo.
1: What Mother Brain, what Mother Brain doesn't understand is the idea of, of them being uh, the Chozo's children, because, again, Mother Brain's HAL 9000, they're, you know, it's, it's military asset. The Chozo are unable to reproduce. You cannot have children. That is illogical. Almost exactly a quote from later on. The big thing here, and like this is a, a through line that becomes more and more adversarial over the course of the story, where... It's sort of obvious that, like, Mother Brain thinks that she can functionally program the Metroids to do what she wants. Mm -hmm. She knows she can't do that with Samus, so she loathes Samus. She doesn't want to be bothered. This is not worth my time. I'm going to focus on the thing I can actually do stuff with. And she is consistently dismissive about Samus's entire existence.
0: Meanwhile, Grey Voice is going to check on Samus and... She's like, yeah, I found this nice valley. There's so many pretty butterflies and these cool flowers. And he's like, oh god, those flowers, those are very bad. I'm going to burn all of them now. This is an inva this is an invasive species from another planet, and it's very poisonous. It has to die.
2: Does not even flip a page before we
1: cut to the valley in flames. Like the Chozo are so well characterized as a people, because like there's no appreciation for the beauty of it. It's like. Well, uh, poisonous invasive species uh, flip the fire switch and they just have they, they just have a, a wall of ro- flamethrower robots murdering everything in its path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Purge all of the unclean. And it's like, how
0: did these even get here? Oh yeah, you remember that last time the space pirates came to Zebes? They must have had some seeds
2: on them. Zebus is like, wait, they came here too? Oh, shit. I'm having trauma flashbacks. Oh, Samus, did you never notice, if you look over the ridge, there is the pile of bones from those (laughs) space pirates. We burned them. We burned them all. Yep. Great great voice. I'm I'm really questioning your uh, (laughs) peace-by-all-means
1: mentality.
2: Doesn't seem consistent with what I see you constantly do. How could so many of the seeds have
0: gotten into one place to create such a, like, vast field of flowers? Oh yeah, those butterflies. They were probably pollinating. Okay, burn those
2: two. I won't let the robots do it. You're the one who messed this up, Samus. You need to solve this problem.
0: Well, no, he doesn't do that. Gray voice orders the robots to burn the butterflies, which have weapons from the space pirates, I guess. <laughs> that That was pretty great. <laughs> they've got guns and they
2: start shooting on Grey Voice and the robots. I forgot we needed Samus (laughs) to have justifiable self-defense. She planted a knife on him afterwards.
0: (laughs) 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 Samus summons the power suit because that's how it works. She gets Grey Voice out out of the line of fire and again, proving that she is a kind soul who cares for the animals, she... Uh, fires with extreme precision and just destroys the guns, not hurting the butterflies.
2: Which is amazing because she couldn't hit the broad side of a barn earlier today. <laughs> yeah, but she wasn't she didn't have conviction
0: then. She uh, she wasn't fighting for something. And Mother Brain even said the suit responds to your to your thoughts. If And her thoughts were, I'm going to harmlessly disable these things in order to protect them
1: oh yeah i well i i love that moment because it it really goes to show uh the disconnect between samus and the chozo because when she's training she doesn't really understand what she's doing in her mind it's training for the sake of training it she's
0: told that she's supposed to be this protector of the galaxy but like that doesn't mean anything to her and then you know she has something actually in front of her that she wants to protect
1: when when someone is in imminent danger,
0: it clicks. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Mother Brain, and, and, you know, she disables all of them, and she's friends with the butterflies, and then Mother Brain's like, Ah, good job. Now then,
1: burn it! Now we can burn them more easily.
0: All the butterflies die, Samus destroys
2: a few robots, goes and angsts some more. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, on the other hand, though, the butterflies were the reason the poison was getting spread, so this is very much... But again, she's 14. Yes, I, she's very much teenage Samus of,
1: I want to do good no matter how many people that hurts. Oh, wait. <laughs> there, There's a level of it being unsatisfying, but that's sort of the point because, like, the compared Mother Brain to HAL 9000 a bunch of times, but the shows are pretty mechanical in their morality too. As showed, their do-no-harm mentality is very, um... Loose.
2: <laughs> well, it's... It's very
1: concrete is the problem. (laughs) It's very literal. It's very literal in such a way that they that they keep finding ways around it and don't seem to care because they're following the literal letter of their laws. Whereas Samus, not just because of the type of person that she is, which, you know, this is what's being established, but also because of her age is pretty much a ball of idealism. And like. There probably was still poison on the butterflies and maybe there was a different way of doing it. But that different way may have killed a bunch of Chozo and also Samus. You know, it's hard to say. Also, we've established these butterflies can get guns. They could just get more guns. (laughs) They could just get more guns, which would be its own problems. Feel sad to burn the butterflies. But like this is kind of a life and death situation where half measures are not going to cut it. Yeah. are, Are inviting disaster, you know.
2: I also don't think we fully illustrated how ridiculous these butterflies looked with guns. They were the size of handguns holding handguns. It's very (laughs) silly, yes. It's got a gun! It's got a gun! (laughs) (laughs) This almost reads like propaganda by the Chozo after the fact. No, look, they were armed. (laughs) Oh my god. Look,
0: I'm not saying that the Chozo have a checkered past, but... (laughs) <laughs> From everything I've seen in playing this whole franchise and also what I've seen
2: of the previews of Dread. I've <laughs> never planted guns on the dead bodies of butterflies to justify self-defense. No, I'm not I'm saying I don't put it past them.
1: <laughs> No, see, see. Here's what's happening. When the Chozo disappeared in the backstory of the Metroid games, they they didn't disappear. They just spent that long editing the foot, the the security <laughs> footage, to put the guns in the butterfly's hands. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> anyway, another brief time jump. The space pirates are out committing war crimes, and the
1: Galactic Federation is like, "What are we going to do about all these war crimes?" Uh I see the. Uh, I don't know. I feel like more could have been done with the with the Federation's place in all of this, because I feel like they were building to something that never really happened, which I'm pretty sure that's because it happened in Metroid games. One of the things that I kind of wish of this is that I kind of wish it continued and just did a air quotes canonical version of the Metroid games because then they wouldn't have to like set up plot threads that don't get addressed by the manga.
2: Oh what you you don't like the squad of not link the ape man and
1: uh samus uh, solving police crimes <laughs> there's this guy who's obviously trying to turn the federation into an empire and then there's the guy who's like you're obviously trying to turn the federation into an empire what if we didn't do that well then the space pirates will kill us it does have a lot of i am a senate energy well, and that never gets entirely solved, but, like, what I was thinking and that I kind of knew wasn't going to happen just because, again, this is a tie-in to a video game series. Almost like the idea that the one who is, like, you know, preaching pacifism is actually the the one who's just looking for a justification for violence. Because I kind of expected the, the other Federation member who was decrying the warlike one to, like, pull something in the end, which never really manifests
2: basically what this is setting up is for metroid like the federation is a governing body that definitely can do things but is overall just inept because that's the little i know about the metroid games is samus is a bounty hunter because the federation can't actually do
1: like the federation is too slow is is sort of the uh the way i perceived it The Federation is slow.
0: They are clumsy and not in like a bumbling way in a we're just a bowl in a China shop kind of solution way. And the Federation has a lot of corruption in it, which doesn't really get translated very well into Western localization. But that's like an entire plot thread in fusion stroke other M
1: that there is uh a very militant and warlike and a specific faction within the federation. And that's why I say that a lot of the stuff with the, with the um, federation, like senators, I kind of feel like that's building into specific things that happened in Metroid games, which really, and you know, like thinking of it from the perspective of just this manga as an isolated piece of media, I kind of wish it continued into the games so that those plot threads could actually get addressed and not just be left hanging. Honestly, same.
2: Yeah, as as someone who's like kind of only barely aware of Metroid lore, every time we were talking with Federation officials, I kind of just glossed over it because I'm like, this isn't enough information to really latch on to anything solid. I I assume it means a lot more to someone who knows the lore a little better, but like from a... If I'm only reading this, which terrible idea to read a tie-in comic
1: when you know nothing about the source material, but like... (laughs) there's nothing for me here when if you're looking for a solution to that problem i do feel like i would not be opposed to this manga continuing into doing the metroid games themselves that would alleviate that problem but as it is it's a tie-in and you know when you go in knowing that it's not like it you know it doesn't blindside you with the fact that it's a tie-in you you know what you're getting but uh the space pirates are doing all these war
0: crimes. Well, we've got uh the Federation police out working on it, At uh, like this main character over here. <laughs> and we uh we cut to Samus and her squad on a uh distant Federation planet where the pirates have taken over. Planet Jigrad.
2: It's almost certainly Jigrad, but Jigrad's pretty great. <laughs> Jigrad's pretty rad. That's a pretty <laughs> rad jig you got going on there.
1: <laughs> and uh, speaking speaking of those characters that were made uh, specifically for this manga to round out the ensemble cast. Uh, hi, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have... Um,
2: Not Link. Not Link. Yeah, the, a little... The Hylian. Like, he's just a Hylian. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the little pointy ears and everything.
1: And then we have big monkey man, Malk. Again, it's like they're good characters, but because they're not in the games. They're not really allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to do anything. Like, not Link, I think is there for comic
2: relief. I just don't think anything he does is funny, so I take that back. In one panel, Not-Link turns into just a solid set of teeth over his entire face. That was pretty funny, but also confusing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that.
0: But yeah, they're uh, they're on a scouting mission. They're just here for reconnaissance to get an idea of the pirates' strength and numbers. And they see that the pirates have set up this arbitrary and cruel system. They've taken the people of this planet as slaves. And if you're not tall enough to work, then I guess we got to execute. you. And it's just a way to kill children and be
2: cartoon villains. <laughs> because that is the only entertainment we have on this dust ball of a planet.
1: Mm hmm. They even say that they are—they have
0: absolutely no subtlety or shame about it. They're even like, ah, don't worry, kid. This is going to hurt a lot. Make sure to scream real loud.
2: Please stop murdering children.
0: You've murdered so many children already. Samus, uh, not willing to let the same thing happen to this kid that happened to her home planet, leaps in and is like, you're all under arrest. I'm with the Federation police. Pretty strong take. I don't think the pirates are going <laughs> to
2: listen to that, but OK. <laughs> I love um, how uh, not Link on the sidelines was just like, we're just supposed to observe and report. So the Federation police is
1: useless. Good. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's also it's not only that, but it's also we're uh, only supposed to observe and report, which means the main character is going to jump in and fight anyway. Got it. I know where the scene is going now. (laughs)
0: Yep. I like how he's he's confused. Like Samus moved so quickly. He's like, wait, when did she get down? Oh, geez.
2: Okay, let's get in there. Well, maybe we don't need to get in here. Samus literally just killed like six guys all around her. What nope, Samus is just really good at killing everyone around her constantly. Uh- <laughs> yeah. She's exceedingly powerful.
0: So Samus kills all the pirates that are holding this young girl hostage. And she's like, Okay, hostages, go take this kid, run somewhere safe. I'll clean up the I'll clean up this trash. Before her squad mates can even get in on the action, Samus has murdered the hell out of All of these space pirates. It is
2: brutal. Excuse me. There were exactly six guys left over. So each of her compatriots
1: could have one panel of them taking out three apiece. Yes. There was one left because we have to have a mini boss fight at the end of this level. Uh, Not Link has his weird
0: laser Wolverine claw whip thingies. And Malk is just a big monkey man. He
1: does. He do big monkey things. Hulk smash. He, He punched a bad guy's good. He punched them real good. I also like how uh, it's kind of implied that he's the most intelligent of the three for all the dumb monkey jokes we're making. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he he's very sophisticated.
2: I'm, I'm just like, he is also very big, punch real strong. <laughs> I think that kind of ties into the, like, mini story that's going along with them. is he feels he has a lot to
1: prove. That's why he acts so sophisticated. Later, it's mentioned that uh, his species almost didn't actually become uh Uh, Part of the Federation because uh, the initial view of them was that they weren't an intelligent species. Which actually kind of fits in with a thematic element that's uh, through all of this, uh, which is the first character conflict that we get is... Samus is initially scared of Old Bird, but finds that he's actually nice, kindly Grandpa Bird. Then alternatively, there's Ridley, who is exactly what he looks like. Malk is indeed quite strong, but he's also not a dumb brute either. Samus is, you know, attractive, shapely woman, but she's also a very powerful warrior. People aren't what they seem. Or people can be what they seem, but until you get to know them, you don't know. Because like one of the things that I think is kind of important is that Ridley looks like a freaking monster. (laughs) Ridley looks terrifying and you know what he is because sometimes you know bad is on the outside too but you don't know that until you know the person you shouldn't judge them by their appearances even if ultimately yeah they are a bad guy you should at least give them the chance first
0: yeah but we have a great moment here where uh the only one left is the indulgent pirate leader yeah some fat slob sitting on a throne and samus grabs the boss him character boss character simmons grabs him throws him under the arbitrary tripwire thing so that it doesn't uh ping and she says huh didn't you say that anyone who didn't get detected by this gets dispatched shoves arm cannon in his face please have mercy flashback to her mother being vaporized
2: mercy did you say mercy charging the arm cannon ready to blow his whole ass head off Sam is laughing at the very concept of mercy is a strong character moment that I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. She's not even she's not even laughing. She's just infuriated. Ah, mercy.
1: Yeah, it's like an angry laugh.
0: You insolent crab how dare you talk of mercy
1: again this is one of those ones where it's like you know like i'm seeing like the character arc they're bringing her through because almost immediately the previous scene was her like not willing to um do harm to the butterfly things but like she's kind of gone through the emotional ringer by this point like she's she's been through a lot and she's still trying to process what her ideals actually are and this may consistently shown that they really genuinely don't deserve mercy (laughs) like they're not gonna change so she has that moment of why would i put this thing in cuffs when it's just gonna kill people again if it gets the opportunity to uh but her uh partners talk her down
2: Well, no actually a little girl starts the little girl she saves starts crying because she's terrified of samus now oh yeah yeah and this breaks through Samus's rage. And she's like, oh, right. Sad kids.
0: That that's why I sympathize with the sad kids. OK. All right. Don't don't become the
2: monster you're fighting. It's actually a pretty poignant moment.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is important that uh, she sees the kid because, you know, concerned about becoming Ridley. And it's like shooting that space pirate wouldn't have turned her into Ridley. But like the fact that she has the maturity and the foresight to see that that's where that action would lead her like that's the direction she'd be going if she did. That is a really powerful character moment for her. Also, it um kind
2: of uh, leads into
1: something that happens a
2: little later is what happens is um the girl had been like in catatonic shock and the second she starts crying, she just can't stop. And the two people with her are like, oh, have you been keeping in that fear all this time? Mm. Like yeah. and and then we get like the really poignant thing of Samus glaring at her. And just going, it's over. Samus uh, handcuffs the pirate leader. Is like, in the name
0: of the Federation police, you're under arrest. By Federation law, you have the right to a trial. Never mind those
2: guys I, <laughs> I extrajudicially murdered back there. <laughs> in all fairness, they do get chewed out for the extrajudicial murder. Like, Yeah, they do.
1: <laughs> they were resisting arrest. We definitely didn't put the arm cannons in their claws after the fact. <laughs> look, look, if Samus learned one thing from the from Chozo From I was going to say ah.
2: this is a theme now. It was always leave a knife at the scene.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh,
2: look, drag them inside the property line, and then it's a home invasion. Please! <laughs> I'm begging
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> and not link is like chief we saved kids are you really gonna chew us out for this yes i am okay that's a pretty great moment too (laughs) that's pretty great but we have a nice touching moment between uh between the kid whose name is damara and samus and samus is like nah thanks kid you you helped me not become the monster that i'm fighting you, you helped me with the real stare into the abyss moment.
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> this was the po- the moment where I noticed the pulpiness of it, because like the way that the dialogue was written was a very like exposity sounding and I'm like, oh, they're going for that style. OK, now the dialogue, you know, doesn't feel weird. I get what they're going for. Also,
2: I, I just really want to point out because this was one of the things I, w- I made a note of when reading. Um, when Samus is talking to this girl, who is like a, a nine, ten year old girl, she picks her up and then proceeds to cradle her like a baby. And it's <laughs> such an awkward pose because this girl is much too large to be doing this to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a little weird. Repressed emotions is definitely not something that uh, is uh, <laughs> tied into Samus as a character. We'll get to that. I've got words about that one. Yeah, definitely
2: fair. not. That's That's not a thing at all. Why would you ever consider that? But excuse me, we get introduced to my main man on the next page. (laughs) General Adam Malkovich! Whose face is drawn in a completely different style than every other character. (laughs) He does have a bit of the All Might's going on.
1: Can you really blame me for thinking that it was a face thing and not just specifically teen Samus? Not not to
2: unpack any other weird issues that might be going on here. Um, He looks like he's drawn as an American style comic. We've only seen Uh one other character drawn in that style. And that's Samus's father. (laughs) his cheekbones are extremely sharp (laughs) look i'm not saying any anything shaped samus's preference in men but (laughs) don't don't get don't get the shippers going okay matt (laughs) i'm sorry one of those ships seems pretty canon in this
0: Anyway, <laughs> I I I I am not ranting
2: about Other M today. We are not doing that. We're talking about the manga. I've I've never played Other M. I just know that there's definitely some romantic tension between the two.
0: Later on, more so. But I'm not arguing that there isn't. I'm just saying that I have feelings about Other M, where which Adam is a prominent character in. <laughs> Anyway, we're not talking about other M today. We're talking about the manga.
2: Listen, next week as we read the other M manga? <laughs> there isn't one of those. Oh, so <laughs> so yeah. Samus is philosophizing with the crew
0: about the nature of power and authority. We do get a great shot here where Adam and Samus are staring each other down across the panel, both looking incredibly serious. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this image. The two of them glaring at each other while everyone else is being cartoon manga characters. You know, we're police
2: officers. The army can't tell us what to do. Yeah. Shut up, not Link. No one likes you. <laughs> <laughs> the Federation hawks are
0: using the success of this mission to uh, be like, yeah, screw the space pirates. Anyone who stands against the Federation is going to get their asses beaten in the same way.
2: Why do we even have police? Why don't we just have the Federation Army enforce all our laws? Yes, some kind of mm-hmm. troopers that come in like a storm.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Old Bird is watching this, like, yeah, I'm not really impressed. We've got bigger concerns in the galaxy, right, Pianchi? Wait, why is Pianchi here?
2: <laughs> he is my son now. <laughs> old Bird, we've been meaning to talk to you. You're adopting a lot of children. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and a bird.
1: It's <laughs> my, my name. I I I am a bird. Therefore, empty nest syndrome. Don't question it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Chozo are all gathered around talking about how. Uh, yeah, the Federation. Uh, I know we helped create it, but the other. Yeah, it's kind of gotten out of hand as a method of establishing peace.
1: It's not exactly what we planned for. It's not really. Mm-hmm destroying anything yet but we're definitely gonna have to keep an eye on that because that can go bad fast
0: <laughs> yeah we got to keep an eye on it but right now i'm a bit more concerned about sr 388 and the X because uh yeah
2: we got to set up that little chestnut <laughs> a parasite so vile that it does not even have a name we call it x <laughs> but, mm-hmm. what
1: <laughs> that means it has a name <laughs>
2: You just named it. (laughs) You you had a whole thing in the beginning about how when you give something a name, you give it power. You said that to Bianchi. And now you've given this thing the name of X, which is a really cool, badass
0: name. A floating gelatin parasite that uh, slithers its way into organic life, rapidly multiplies like a virus, consumes the DNA of the thing, and kills the host and is then able to perfectly mimic it.
1: Truly it. terrifying predator and uh of course uh they they bring in their solution to this problem once again title drop the metroid
2: an equally bad parasite that if it (laughs) got out would do equal damage but is the perfect predator to this one thing if you just send a larger predator to hurt a smaller predator that's like trying to fix your snake infestation by letting loose a bunch of snake eating bears
1: Or like introducing a bunch of cats to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a dumb that the that the Chozo have done. The story knows it's dumb, and the Cho and the Chozo are narratively strung up for this. But the one thing that I can't help but notice is once again so weird. I get Jurassic World vibes vibes from this because they designed the Metroid to be programmable, and that's why they thought it was a good idea to send a predator after a. Uh, invasive species which literally never works they thought they were sending in something that they could control but they built the metroids to be as predatory as possible So, of course, they're going to display hyper carnivorous tendencies and get out of control. You know, like if you try to create a a zoo attraction by combining all of the most deadly predatory animals, most deadly features into one creature, of course, it's going to get out of control. You've built a thing that only is capable of killing. Mm -hmm. What did you think was going to happen?
2: I thought it would kill only our enemies. I look. I'm not saying that the uh, arrogance
0: of the Chozo is a running theme in this franchise, but the arrogance of the Chozo is a running theme in this franchise.
1: <laughs> I really liked it, and you know, like again, I mean, I'm I'm a big Jurassic Park franchise fan, so you know, like mm-hmm. m- make of that what you will. But the the parallels between the Metroid and Indominus, I really enjoyed that because, like. I can totally understand how the Chozo were dumb enough to make this decision. They thought they had the Metroids under control. They thought they were a radio-controlled drone they were sending in, but they weren't. They're alive, and that's how they got out of control. And I really appreciated that. I was trying to find the next part, but I, I
2: literally don't know how this transitions. Their their meeting is literally just interrupted by giant space pirates. Are
1: here now? They're wheeling out the Metroid uh, to show Mother Brain. This is this is the this is the adult one that we bred, and then it's implied that that one gets loose because the pirates attack. Which never really comes to anything. I guess it explains how Mother Brain got it, which
2: is something you kind of need to know the plot of the, the original Metroid game. Which, in all fairness, this assumes you know the plot of the original Metroid. Like, there's.
1: That's sort of the case where, kind of what I expected of that Metroid that they had wheeled out. Because, like, like the, the plot of the original Metroid is the Chozo put the Metroids on SR388 to take care of the X. I kind of thought that the that the Metroid that they had wheeled out to Mother Brain when the space pirates attack was going to get loose and Samus was going to have to fight that at some point. But that, that never actually happens because, like, this isn't the Metroid that was on SR388. That had already happened. It, it had to because everything
2: gets destroyed right now. So, yeah. Oh, actually, unless they did it. While the Chozo were working with the space pirates, which comes up real quick.
1: Yeah, quite frankly, there's enough space in the timeline that it doesn't matter the exact sequence of events, but it's also Mm -hmm. not super clear on the exact sequence of events. At some point, the Chozo did their thing where they came down to
0: a planet, saw a local problem, wiggled their science fingers at it and said, and now I must go. And they left. And then whatever species they just uplifted is left sitting there with dangerous technology (laughs) You are enlightened now, for you have met the Chozo. Yep, and it's a roll of a cosmic dice, whether you're going to get an Aether out of this or you're going to get a Brio. And those are Metroid Prime references that my
1: co-hosts don't get. (laughs) I I don't know what those things mean. I'm just, (laughs) basically what I'm saying is I was kind of expecting that the Metroid that was still on um, Zebes was uh, going to get loose on Zebes and that Samus was going to have to fight it, which, again, didn't happen. Nope. Space pirates show up because like there's a there's a dramatic shot of the glass case that it's in being cracked. And then we never see the damn thing again. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Space pirates show up
0: with a big honking ship and some sort of micro black hole technology to break
1: the planetary. shield. Using multimodal reflection sorting.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a kind of a Star Trek moment of just techno no cooking.
1: <laughs> they they, they techno babble at each other until one side wins.
0: Yep, and Ridley's like, all right, now turn off the black hole before we destroy the entire planet. Attack! We get a we get a very cool shot of uh, Ridley looming over all of Zebes as this big hungry monster. Oh yeah,
2: Ridley's still alive, by the way. He's also too big to be in Smash now for he is the <laughs> size of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dramatic metaphor. <laughs> but uh, we cut back to the planet Jigrad where dancing has now been banned. Um... Allah uh-huh. Um, <laughs> as they are torturing the uh, prisoner inside a fishbowl. I think
0: yeah, they got they got him trapped in some sort of fishbowl thing, and they're like, "This is the first pirate we've ever caught. How do we actually interrogate one of these guys?" And Samus is like, "All right, all of you, shut up. You're you're beating around the bush too much. You tell me what you're doing here. Why are you massacring Federation planets and and uh, taking everything on there? What are you
2: accomplishing?" And the space pirate goes, Society! It's great because the space pirate just says like society and you don't understand. You humanoids think your Federation is all built up. To which point, Adam and Samus Jispo, oh, he's speaking, he's being difficult. This entire thing must have been a decoy and they're attacking elsewhere. Yes, that is the only explanation for why someone we're interrogating for information might be difficult.
0: you know the 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 pirates like take your friends there for instance their races are continuously discriminated against one of them is barely considered sentient and you call us the monsters the
2: other is a hylian otherwise known (laughs) as the hero of time not the hero of trains we don't talk about that one (laughs) i also believe that's hero of the rails isn't it i don't know hero of trains
1: is funnier
0: That's the same link as uh, Wind Waker, though. So he'd still be
2: the hero of the seas. No, it isn't. It isn't? They leave the the Great Sea and found a country called Terminal, I think. And then it skips 100 years. I never played Spirit Tracks. Back to Metroid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a different franchise. Uh... (laughs) Spirit Tracks uh, broke during the boss fight for me, so I never finished it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let us know uh, if we should do a uh, Zelda manga. Zelda actually has a bunch of manga. It, yeah, there's released. a selection. So. I
2: hear the Twilight Princess one is really good. I do love Twilight Princess. It is the best Zelda. <laughs>
0: yes. True. Anyway, back to this. And the pirates like, "Oh, hey, miss, you're talking like you know us pirates. You must be one of the survivor from K2L I've heard so much about." A lot a lot of uh, assumptions being made that just so happen to be right. <laughs> mhm. And he's like, "Yeah, no, that planet really no really good for nothing." Uh, those dumbasses couldn't even save save themselves. Hey, don't get mad at me. The Federation thinks that about you. Yeah, this guy is really just stirring the pot. At which point, Adam's like, alright, quit avoiding the subject. Being all stern and handsome and shit.
1: Being all, being all stern and and uh, drawn in a different art style. and <laughs> He's Looking vaguely like my
2: father, so I'm attracted to him. Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and Adam's
0: like, yeah, no, this guy's absolutely stalling. They're, they must be pulling something somewhere else. And it's like, uh, guys, we're getting a distress signal from planet Zebes. The that Chozo are under attack. And Samus is like, I am not letting a second homeworld be destroyed. I'm going right now. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Okay,
2: you are. Go. <laughs> but only if I can come with you. What? Adam, why would you want to come with me? That sounds really cool, and I'm totally on board.
0: <laughs> well, no, Adam doesn't come along. Uh, her... Her squad mates do. Adam's like, yeah, it'll take about 48 hours for me and the rest of the Federation army to show up. You have that long to go there and get
2: what you need done done. Oh, that's that's right. Adam meets her at the ship and they stare deeply into each other's eyes for two pages, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Samus
0: holding the arm cannon barrel at Adam's chin like <laughs> and he does not flinch stone freaking cold. I actually really love that page, <laughs> especially because the p- the panel of the gun in Adam's face and him not flinching. It, like it's it looks really cool, but it's also such a comedy beat of him not even reacting. He's just like, mm, yes, that is a gun.
1: I, I I want whatever Adam is on right now. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a really good time. <laughs> so
0: Samus and Du Bois go to uh Zebes to effect a rescue mission
1: the beginning of this i'm not a hundred percent clear on this is one of the parts where um the, the the pulpy style gets a little bit messy
0: yeah yeah so they land on the planet and everything looks all burned up and samus is like i can tell the chozo didn't actually fight they must have fled that means they're probably not dead so we can look around
1: for them well, it's actually it's actually not Link who's like, uh, if they didn't fight back, that may, that means they must have just fled, which means they're probably still alive. because like he he's basically her walking optimism at this point.
2: Yeah, Jake, Jake, don't give not Link any credit. Anyway, they find a Chozo corpse, but <laughs> not a Chozo nope. corpse.
0: You know that's a that's a uh, that's a space pirate body, and it's all desiccated and sucked dry, like it had everything drawn out of it by some
1: sort of parasite oh yeah that's right because they they established that they they established that beforehand that that was something that happened on a ship Mm -hmm. uh
0: and uh it's like what terrible weapon could do this and malk is like it wasn't a weapon with my enhanced apes (laughs) ape nose (laughs) i
1: can smell that an animal did this so we're going with that logic huh Uh uh-huh Cool. It totally fits with the rest of this, so... Yep. Samus
0: senses Pianchi, I guess, (laughs) which uh, lets them avoid getting ambushed
2: by the space pirates, and the crew flees into a cave. I'm I'm just saying if I wrote this, Pianchi would have been an ex-parasite that immediately got eaten by a Metroid, and I would have loved this manga a lot more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't Pianchi find them is how that happens? Yeah, Pianchi finds them and leads them into the cave. Yeah, and then they follow Pianchi. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, the space parrots follow after them, but get quickly taken out by the local wildlife. It's like,
2: which is kind of a nostalgia, because like, look at this classic Metroid enemy. <laughs> it's a scree! This planet has predators found nowhere else in the galaxy. Yeah, Yes, that's how endemic species work, Samus. I, I, I was about to say, that that's every
0: planet. <laughs> <laughs> But Pianchi displaying uncommon
1: levels of intellect for a uh, little rabbit thingy, yeah, pianchi Pianchi's gun at this point is is uh, more like a Pokemon than a than a wild animal,
2: so yeah, I wasn't i th- I thought it was implied that Pianchi also got chozo DNA to be able to live on Zebes, oh, that's why he gets smarter. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. I don't ever think it was
0: explicit, explicitly said, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that never got, that never got, like, mentioned in, even in passing, but that makes so much sense.
0: So, Pianchi leads them to a little recording from Old Bird, who's like, Yep, we all boogied the hell out of here. Don't worry, Samus, we're fine.
2: Unless we're not. Unless in we're not. In that case, not. we're dead. <laughs>
1: yep. In that case, we're dead, but either way, don't worry about us, you have a job to do. I thought about nuking the planet so the
0: space pirates wouldn't get our technology, but, nah. Our one remaining concern is... The Metroid. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, Old Bird just explains the Metroid. Full stop to Samus, because we had to get all this exposition out somehow.
1: (laughs) This is a fine enough way to uh, give the exposition on them. And Old Bird says,
0: whoever's viewing this message, please pass this on to Samus Saran, our child. Tell her that Metroid did not pan out as our greatest soldier, but Samus, she will inherit the Chozo's will. To defend the universe and create an everlasting peace.
1: Get that uh, classic origin story beat in.
0: So
2: yeah, make sure to go tell our daughter that. Put all those expectations on her shoulders and uh, bye. (laughs) And the recording ends. It's not like she's in a fragile mental state where this might, you know, tip a scale or anything.
0: Um,
2: (laughs) It's not like she's probably finding out about her second home planet being burned by the space pirates. Also, all her people or her adopted people being kept prisoner. We won't even worry about that. Uh, we'll send the two side characters to go worry about the prisoners. Samus and Bianchi have a nice little moment uh, before uh, the
0: side characters uh, go off to rescue the prisoners while Samus goes to find Mother Brain.
1: Yeah, well, how do they find out that they are there as prisoners? Because the me- like the one thing about the message is that it's basically we are either fine or dead. Other Either way... You know, Samus, go do the thing. Like the fact that they're prisoners comes up after the fact.
2: Uh, so Old Bird at the very end says when the space pirates attack, there will be countless victims and prisoners to which they just yeah. latch onto the word prisoners, I guess. It might be a little bit of the localization
0: not being super clean. I think the point Old Bird said a lot of us ran we didn't get all of us away.
1: Yeah, that might be it. Could there, there there are a couple of places where um a big chunk of it is the pulpy style of the dialogue because like they they do that thing where what should be a quick sentence is like done poetically. Like it's that particular style. And in that case, wording is very important and translation is always a really hard thing to do. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think it's supposed to be we're going to run. Realistically,
0: I know not all of us will get away. So that's really gonna suck for our brothers that we have to leave behind, but such is life.
1: Which is basically the Chozo's uh opinion on all things.
0: Yeah, that's the Chozo philosophy right there. Samus is like, all right, I'm gonna go to terrain, I'm gonna find Mother Brain, we're going to uh rally the defenses, we're gonna deal with these pirates. It'll be really quick and cool and ah crap, the pirates are already here. Well, Wait. I'll just I'll just destroy them before they can uh attack Mother
2: Brain, and... What is that, little Samus? I am the leader of the space pirates now. Me, Grey Voice. Grey Voice is like, Samus,
0: stand down, D- don't worry. The pirates are basically idiot insects who just follow the strongest leader, and we chose Chozo are pretty powerful, so they they listen to me now.
2: What? <laughs> Wait, hold on. The space pirates are a species?
1: The vast majority of the space pirates are those, like, crab arm things. Yeah. And that's where their their um, main, like, force of numbers are. Ridley isn't the same species as those things. He was what was commanding them up to that point. He was on the planet of creatures too big to be in Smash. <laughs> that forlorn world.
2: <laughs> Just him and crate. Simon <laughs>
0: mean yep the pirates are a little weird like the city of prime is dubious for reasons that make me very angry but uh in prime it said that the pirates will basically welcome anyone with enough bloodthirst they have almost zero cultural taboos about like hybridization and dna modification and engineering so you get strains of space pirates and They will. That's why they like look different from game to game. And yet they're still all the space pirates.
1: It's a it's a gameplay thing. Mm -hmm. Not shockingly. We have to explain why the sprites are different. Though, yeah, this this is actually an interesting point. Um, And, uh, you know, Sam, knowing Metroid lore, you might be able to tell me if this is a matter of uh, a choice made by the manga or if this is like a lore thing that they couldn't do anything about. But one mm-hmm. thing I couldn't help but notice is that Old Bird basically stops existing as a character in this story from this point on. Yeah. And one of the things I couldn't help but notice is why are Old Bird and Grey Voice two different characters? Is there a particular lore reason for that? Um, I don't
0: think so. I don't think there's a particular lore reason for it. The only, like, canon... L- uh chozo so far that we see in the series is actually old bird during a cutscene in zero mission uh and even then he's being like you know the kind old grandpa to baby samus Hmm. it might just be that the uh the author wanted to have a character who would serve as like the more practical and the more kind of warlike as much as that can apply to the Chozo character. Hi, everyone. It's your favorite nth-dimensional fifth host from the future, editing Sam. Past Sam is a fool, and forgot to mention that in Zero Mission, you also see a little carving that baby Samus made that depicts her, a uh, Chozo that's very clearly Old Bird, and another separate Chozo, which is heavily implied to be Grey Voice by this manga. So there were actually two Chozo involved in Samus's raising on Zebes, and so Grey Voice needed to be put in for that reason.
2: So there you go hindsight anyway back to the show look samus has been through a lot they didn't want to include a scene where her grandpa betrayed her to become leader of the space pirates yeah
1: it is kind of the case where there's basically there's basically two elements of this where okay so like the fatherly aspects given to gray boys why weren't those things that old bird did instead because like the way that that character was set up like I kind of was on board with the idea that he was just a Chozo that went bad. Like, his idealism went, like, all the way back around, you know, mm-hmm. looped back around to being just bad. And I would have been on board with that. Alternatively, because, um, and, you know, again, hopefully you've done the reading already, but spoilers for what happens a little bit later, uh, Grey Voice was on the good guy's side all along. That that felt so cheap to me. Um, that felt like it was backtracking on... uh. Hey, let's make one of the Chozo evil. Oh no, wait, we can't do that. Uh, he was on the good guy side all along. I would have bought that he was trying to trick them more so because if it was Old Bird, because old bird Bo- Old Bird was more so characterized than Gray Voice was.
2: Mm. I felt like they did enough legwork for that to work, given the pulp style.
1: Given mm. the pulp style, like given the pulp style, like not to say that it was awful. It's just I feel like it would have been more efficient to have have all of the fatherliness be in one character? It probably would have been, but I
0: I think they wanted to draw a distinct line between um the like grandfatherly kind love of of Old Bird and the more stern.
1: Yeah, the stern tough love of Grey Voice. Because that's more of a fatherly kind of love as opposed to grandfather. OK, so, yeah, yep. I see that again. It's it's not so much the case that I think that this is a bad decision. It's just it felt clumsy to me. And it mm-hmm. would have because, like, again, this is this is a tie into a video game story. I feel like efficiency would have behooved it. Mm-hmm. It works with the pulpy style, but eh, I, I kind of felt like I felt like one of them was superfluous, basically. Yep. You you
2: needed multiple Chozo, though, because they have to talk to each other. So if you've already got those characters like. Well, we get a we get a pretty cool uh, scene
0: where uh, Gray Voice and Mother Brain are basically explaining to Samus. No, this will work out fine. We can control the space pirates. We can bring order to the galaxy or the greater good. For the greater good. We chose, we used to be really cool.
1: We had the, we had this cool technology and we had wings and we were super awesome. And we had lots of guns. We definitely don't use them anymore unless it's against butterflies. We don't use (laughs) them
2: against the butterflies. We
1: plant them on the butterflies afterwards. (laughs) No, 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 no. we
2: don't use them. We have the robots do it. (laughs) That's totally different. We have
0: washed our hands of this. We do see a very cool shot of like, the Chozo at their peak with them, like flying around and wearing power suits. And because Samus's power suit is a Chozo power suit, but redesigned for her as a human. And I always love seeing the Chozo in their own suits because, you know, we don't see it often enough. Mm. It is supposed to be theirs and designed for them. But yeah, there's a whole lot of Samus being like, all of that sounds like complete Bullshit. You know, the pirates are insanely violent. You're not going to be able to control them, right? And Ridley's like, did someone say insane
1: violence? <laughs> Those are my two favorite words because they define everything that I am. Yeah. So right before that, we get Mother Brain dropping
2: the bombshell of just like, Samus, you thought they cared about you? No, they were just engineering the perfect bio weapon, which was you and she's like what and then ridley attacks and she's like what i am not a weapon as she shoots ridley up (laughs) oh mother she shoots mother brain that's right yeah she shoots at mother brain well because she rejects the idea that the chozo
0: were raising her as a weapon she's like old bird never looked at me like i was a gun he was making he wasn't proud of me because i could kill or i was efficient in
1: my training he was proud of me because i was growing I think I think the thing that's kind of important in this moment, though, is that Samus is saying that, but a lot less eloquently while she's shooting at mother brain. Yeah, like Samus is in a bad place right now because her second homeworld is all, is already a smoking uh, cinder pile. And all those who she considered the most trustworthy to her are it was a plan all alonging her one yeah. after the other.
2: Yeah. And. We get to the end of Volume 1, so we need a big stinger to end on. Ridley crashes into the room and goes, Mother Brain, you're kidding. You want to recruit this weakling?
0: Dun-dun-dun. Oh, yeah. Ridley looking real menacing in the shadows. This upcoming section it's honestly kind of hard to read. It is, uh... It's kind of harrowing. It's very harrowing because... You know, this is the first time Samus has seen Ridley since that terrible day on K2L, and
1: she doesn't react well. She can't handle it. Mm -hmm. She's she's never never metaphorically confronted it. Now she's suddenly physically confronting it, and she just can't handle it. She's like gasping for breath. She's saying she can't breathe, and
0: Greybird's like, Oh yes, I think this is that human weakness called PTSD. How
2: unsightly. And also, Ridley... Just digging the nail in more and more, just like, what? You thought that ship destroyed me, Samus. You thought you were the only survivor. I had to regenerate my cells with flesh, maybe even the flesh of your parents. Are mommy and daddy in here somewhere? And I'm like, oh, my God, are they are they here
1: or maybe here? Like,
0: yeah, as he's pointing to places on his own body and. He looks so freaking creepy in that panel.
1: He's so smugly happy about this. Like, Mice, your parents' cells were sacrificed for my own. Pay your respects! I'm
0: your father now. <laughs> no, he like grabs her by the head and is thrashing her around. Mother Brain, you really wanted to use this defective, weak thing. What kind of joke?
2: Meanwhile, Gray Voice is just like, enough. You don't have to thrash her around. I'm your boss, remember? Why do you think you're my boss? You know, Gray Voice, I'm beginning to think that you might not have the guts to
0: be a a space pirate. Show me. Dispose of this one. As he's like holding up Samus by her hair. I'll grant you some respect
2: if you get your hands dirty. And then we get a comedy break with the sidekicks. Uh, (laughs) Which, you know, honestly, probably a good idea, because this was a lot. (laughs) Basically, uh, the side characters used Pianchi to climb through some vents where they found the lab that Samus was injected with Chozo DNA. And there's just space pirates out the door lined up to get Chozoified. Yep. Yep, uh, because they also need the injection to survive in this planet uh, long-term. And that and is uh, where the surviving Chozo are, Are they being held prisoner, because they are the only ones capable of keeping the machines running. Sharp-eyed Metroid fans will note that the space pirates have looked familiar, but not
0: quite the way they look in the game, or like in Zero Mission, or uh, uh, any of the other, any future Metroid games. And now, uh, after going through the... Uh, the Chozo DNA hybridizer—they do look a lot more similar, and this is how we get the uh, Zebesian space pirates. Those are words, indeed. Those are words. It's a sci-fi series. That—that's what happens, Jake.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the—the the big point about this is um, they—the sidekicks notice one of the Chozo is Platinum Crest, to which uh, Malk goes, "Hey, that's the guy who said my species should be in the Federation." and Not Link, who I refuse to learn the name of, um, <laughs> goes, well, you'll never get a chance to rescue your savior again. And then we cut mid-action scene to go back to Samus' PTSD, and I'm like, that was literally, That scene, nothing happened other than exposition and a break from the, like, horrible emotional yeah. trauma she's going through. Yep.
1: I, I'd like to be a contrarian and say Not Link is, is not all that bad, but, like, He's, not wrong it's just <laughs> here he's just kind of there and that's the nicest thing you can say about him
2: he has I, way too much screen time for a character that's not in anything <laughs> i don't hate um crates <laughs> i did have to look for
0: that but i'm not i'm not thrilled by him either there's a reason i only remember Malk's name <laughs>
1: <'Cause>
0: he, <laughs> get, he gets actual characterization. yeah he
1: actually has a personality <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I mean, he does need someone to talk to, which is why we're stuck with not link. Yep. You just uh, said his name and I already forgot it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But Samus is brought in as a prisoner into the prisoner room. And the guys are like, oh, no, isn't that Samus? What happened to her? Man, she's really adding to the prisoner
1: count, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're assuming that she's already uh, done whatever she was going to go do and is on her way out by this point when she. uh. hmm gets tossed in the room like a ragdoll. Which, uh, the reason why is, um,
2: Grey Voice was unable to kill her because the Chozo have installed a mental block into their species, meaning they are incapable of violence, to which they found a million loopholes around, but they are not capable of direct acts of violence. Yeah, if they commit direct violence themselves, they experience terrible pain. Which... That gets clarified later, but like when it's brought up in this scene, it seems like they are incredibly like they are just full on, full stop, not capable of it. Like Mm. they cannot do because that is the excuse he gives to Ridley about why he can't do it. It's like, what a weakness of your species. But now that it's I could do it, it would just hurt a lot ridley would not respect that answer at all oh yeah no that was actually he would not
1: that was actually um uh like he did that on like i like that element of it because he's playing on because like you know ridley's not stupid but he's also not a genius either and he's sort of playing on ridley's like insanity and ignorance to uh get out of the situation as best he can Ridley is the cunning
0: god of death. He's not incapable of long term thought, but it's not his forte. He's more about commanding a battlefield to cause as much pain and blood as possible.
2: Like Ridley gets pretty well characterized like later on, like it's almost flat out said, you pretend as if you're some kind of sophisticated creature but you keep falling back on being a beast because it's easiest for you. He has all the capability to be an intellectual, to be like a smart person. He doesn't because he can be a big giant dragon and that gets what he wants. Like Yeah, and, and exactly. it's more fun to be that way for him. Why not terminate all the people? Why not be too big to be in Smash, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if I became even bigger? What if I was smaller? <laughs> <laughs> And uh and compress all that rage so that you're small enough to be in Smash. And Grey
0: Voice is like, yeah, okay, whatever, just go be a bloodthirsty beast, whatever you want to do. And uh Ridley starts going in very slowly, brutally
2: murdering some Jozo. But uh specifically Platinum Crest, I believe. Uh-huh. Because Grey Voice flat out says, Go ahead and do it. I don't care. Like, because he doesn't.
1: Well, yeah, it like Grey Voice was saying that like the Chozo, their time has ended. Like, this is something he was saying to Samus when when Samus was trying to get to Mother Brain. The Chozo's time has come and gone. We don't have a way of renewing ourselves and we are at the end of our lifespans. So it's time for something new. And that something new is Mother Brain will control the space pirates into being a peacekeeping force. This is a good idea. So when Ridley says, uh, prove to me that you're really on our side, he's like, go ahead and kill all the other Chozo. I said their time was done, and that means their time is done. So uh, Ridley is still making a big show of it, because of course he is. And Malk uses
0: his big brain mode to (laughs) set the missiles on their scout ship to auto fire and cause a whole bunch of havoc to create a distraction, Uh, which does work because it damages the hybridizer enough that the Chozo have to
1: stick around a little longer to fix it. Well, this is actually a kind of clever plan because um, the space pirates know that the Federation is on the way Mm -hmm. and the way he sets the missiles on the scout ship because, like, they even established it's a scout ship. It's not going to do a lot of damage. But um, he he sets the, the missiles to target any um, signatures that's the same as the Chozoa fire, mm-hmm. which is going to be all of the infrastructure across the Space Pirates planet. And, like, they're in the room so they can scan the thing to get an accurate reading. The missiles hitting all the different places around it seems like the first strike of a Federation fleet. So it makes it seem like there's a lot more Federation there than there actually is, which is enough to get the space pirates to, to disperse and defend against the fleet attack. That's not happening.
0: Mm -hmm. And gray voice is like, It was probably Samus just setting off some bombs because she's, you know, she was trained by us. She's smart enough to have created an escape strategy
2: for herself. If you look through Mother Brain's data, you would know she is a lone operative willing to do whatever is necessary and a brilliant Mm. strategist far beyond your abilities. Ridley's like, you don't have to be a bitch about it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear you chirp.
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah <laughs> he 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 literally says that mm-hmm. it's funny
0: <laughs> but uh with the space pirates dispersed the rest of the crew uh drop in like all right samus we're here to save you and she's having a really bad ptsd attack
1: yeah well, uh, she, she's catatonic at this point yeah well, she, no she, well, she's, she's catatonic uh, and then and then after that uh the second ridley is gone
0: she, yeah she's freaking out she is back on k2l in the flames and the chaos and the death and is just screaming it's no use running just kill me get it over with quickly Death would be preferable to what i have seen them do to people like the chozo and, and like her friends don't know what's going on because i of course samus never talked about this with them it's an incredibly
1: painful memory she's been repressing And yeah, I mean, forget about that. This scene actually goes into exactly what the issue is. Samus never really thought about what happened. She basically pretended it never happened. Like the Chozo have been repeatedly characterized as not being the same as people, not thinking the same way that people do. And the really beautiful moment is that they kind of recognize that they kind of raised her wrong and and accept and recognize that she needs to come to terms with what happened to her. She just starts bawling. You can tell that
0: this is uh, a trauma reaction because Samus is uh, imagining things that didn't happen, like Ridley very theatrically killing her parents directly in front of her when she didn't even see Rodney die, but yeah it's a it's a terrible image, but the chozo we are so sorry, samus, our dear child it and and they
1: tell her it's okay to let it out. You must be so tired, my gosh, this scene I loved this space dragon hasn't eaten my parents or anything, but you know, I've experienced death in my life, and the sort of interesting thing is um the way that I interact with loss in my life, it's like something bad happens, it doesn't feel real. And then I just have to cry it out. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'll take a day. And I will just be inconsolable for a day. And then after that, you know, me, Mr. Logical, I'm able to, like, think about, okay, what do I have to do next? And entirely because Samus... The the way that the, the story says Samus handles grief is the same way I did. It felt so real to me because, like, Samus just needed to let that out. She needed to just be emotional for a while to accept it and then she could she had that and she could just move forward and then okay now to the mission which is Mm -hmm. what the chozo kept trying to make her do but she couldn't because she kept holding all of this all of this pain in
0: yep she never had that catharsis
2: and jacob i don't think i've ever told this to you but i'm really impressed how strong you were just getting through that thing where the enclosure broke through and all those dinosaurs escaped. And just ruined your trip to the zoo. <laughs> ruined my trip to the zoo.
0: <laughs> we have a fun moment because, you know, we're having all these, you know, big feels moments, but we do have a fun bit where... You know, there's more explosions going off and Ridley's like, what the hell is going on? The communicators are going crazy. Not Link and Malk are beating up a whole bunch of pirates. Malk takes one of their earpieces, calls Ridley a loser.
1: Well, no, actually, that was that was uh, not Link. That's the one thing that I'll give him oh, yeah. credit for is that was pretty funny.
2: That is all Not Link does for the remainder of this manga <laughs> is has side panels where he makes jokes at main characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes an earpiece and it's like the enemy's a fully equipped infantry force. They're everywhere.
1: We're completely destroyed. We're evacuating. Run away, commander. Later, sucker. That is the one thing I will give Notling credit for. That was good.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Samus is still, you know, coming down from her moment um, when the group is ambushed. But uh, the warrior reawakens and fights off the ambush in... A moment that I absolutely freaking loved because yes, the lady is back.
1: This is ultimately the part where this, the recognizable video game version of Samus has arrived because one of the things that, you know, I mentioned that Nintendo silent protagonists tend to have a lot of personality. And one of the things that um does a lot to uh, establish Samus as having a personality is that empathy is one of her defining character traits. Mm-hmm. And she was able to get out the pain that she was holding in. And now what's left to do is the mission. And so when the enemy attacks, power suit is immediately on and she's off to the races. The pulpy style has her continuing to talk a lot, which is, again, it's the case where it's like, once you recognize that it's, it's doing a pulpy style, the fact that she chews the scenery as much as she does doesn't, you know, is, is less distracting. It's not, it's not a,
0: Problem. It's a stylistic choice. It's
1: a stylist. It's a stylistic choice that I wouldn't have done it, but it certainly doesn't like ruin it or make it bad or anything. It's just you have to remember the style it's going for.
0: Yeah, and so uh, Samus finishes off the pirates, and the squad's like, "Samus, are you all right? Are you like back? Are you with us?" She's like, "All right, we gotta get moving. The clouds are coming in. Zebus's acid rain will uh, dissolve the two of you if we don't get moving." All right. We have to move. And they're like, are, are you sure you're all right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> Both uh, not Lincoln are Like, wait, what? <laughs> you mean what? You, you said, sorry, you don't do honorable things like that. What the hell's that supposed to mean?
2: Meanwhile, sitting on a pillar in the sky is Grey Voice going like, Rod, Virginia, do you see your child now? I am glad I could watch her grow, for now we have fallen. And I'm like, oh my god, he is. (laughs) (laughs) He is chewing that scenery. It is, (laughs) it
0: is, it is. is Thick.
2: In all fa- fairness, he is monologuing to himself before donning the ancient Chozo battle armor to go try and kill Mother Brain in self sacrificial. Like, he, he's going on a suicide mission. He's
1: going to die, yeah. So, him being a little bit hammy at the end is kind of acceptable. It's
2: earned. we get to
1: see like full-on chozo battle armor like well we get we get to see because it's like we saw glimpses of it in a flashback but we get to see it actually like properly in use which is pretty cool
0: yeah gray voice is like all right time to whip out the old tools this is gonna really hurt but uh mother brain you are
2: defective don't take (laughs) that quote out of uh context
0: (laughs) Uh, gray voice goes a little John Wayne (laughs) as the Federation folk are fleeing he is uh, battering down at uh, Mother Brain's tank but she's like you dumbass you made this uh, Zebesiite shell to be impenetrable even by your own weapons this isn't going
2: to work or a Zebatite that's what it's called unobtainium yeah it it doesn't really matter
1: (laughs) 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 mother brain is saying defenses are impervious uh purpose built to to beat any weapon that i've ever made well this one's older than you okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) It, it doesn't get through her shell so it doesn't work either it's a cool scene and then we cut to um the acid rain has hit and the federation people are hiding and the um, the space pirate uh, ship is moving because uh, the Federation must be here. Yep, the Federation Army is arriving. Those 48 hours are up because and-
1: it was made it was made pretty clear that um, because of the time it takes for the Federation to get somewhere, what the Federation's plan was is when we get to the planet, the planet is already going to be sacked. We will just destroy anything that's left and and try to mitigate the damage that the space pirates do. Um, which is a big part of the reason why Samus and Adam had their little standoff.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then we get the final bit of um, Grey Voice fighting Mother Brain, where he decides to give a spiral energy speech for some reason. (laughs) I... I'm not gonna
0: lie, it's up my alley, so of course I freaking love it. It's it's
2: it's just the fact that this speech is almost identical to the spiral energy speech, is kind of weird. You you and your cold logic were not able to comprehend. She is a being that creates new possibilities. You are jealous of life, of Samus!
0: Me jealous, impossible!
1: Actually, I kind of get the impression that like Grey Voice implanted that idea in her head through this conversation, because at first she seems genuinely confused by the idea that she would be jealous of Samus. And then she just gets angrier and angrier. I feel like that's her awakening to the realization. I think Grey Voice like made her jealous of Samus.
2: It's it's like, oh, yeah, I bet you don't like uh, you don't like Kevin from math. Yeah, I heard you don't like Kevin for math. I heard you don't like Kevin for
1: math. No, I totally like Kevin for math. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he went there to make her sing Daisy, but I guess this is a good alternative.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Samus is sensing that Grey Voice is in danger. Uh, I can feel a resonance in the power suit. I have to go save him. And Platinum, Platinum Chest is like, oh, yeah, Um, I... There's a there's an explanation for that. We did have to hybridize you with some of our DNA. And the one who gave the DNA sample
2: was Gray Voice. So you kind of got a parental connection going on there. And unfortunately, Ridley has now killed another one of your parents in 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 the Smash Brothers scene where (laughs) silhouette tail through the chest. Yep, it
0: is it is brutal. And and this is where um, Gray Voice tells Ridley, you pretend to be some higher thing, some higher being, but you're nothing more than a bloodthirsty beast. And you're not worthy of any more respect than that. And that's when Ridley says, you're just a bird that can't even fly and tail through the chest.
2: And then props to Gray Voice, because man, does he do a lot of walking for someone who had a tail the size of his chest? Go through his chest. <laughs> uh-huh. Man man crosses half the planet to get to a chosen
0: <laughs> statue. He gets back up to the surface, manages to use his gun to shoot down a space pirate ship that's chasing after the fleeing federation. And uh then uh gets plasma breath annihilated by Redley.
1: oh it's another really brutal moment. Bird magic, that's how he survived that long. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. You, you don't need you don't need internal organs when you have bird magic. Yep.
2: That's okay, because the goddamn army is here on the scene <laughs> with Captain Adam Malkovich, General Adam Malkovich. Oh, that's, Malkovich. R- that's right. <laughs> and also, I love how canonically, when Not Link is talking to him, we have a quote from Adam himself, or I will take my fucking fleet and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: because Not Link not Link is like, man, you idiots could have gotten here sooner. What are you doing? Get your fleet and get the fuck over here. You know, not realizing that communications
2: are open. Which, which I'm sure is very in character for him, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, you, you heard that, General Malkovich. Uh, sorry. Oh, and now uh, now Samus needs to avenge one of her parents again. <laughs> she now she now has three parents dead by Ridley that she needs to avenge. We time skip to a
0: few years later. Where Malk is a commander and has a beard now. He looks really cool.
1: (laughs) Where Malk continues to have a personality and not Link is conspicuously missing because, you know, (laughs) it's not Link. (laughs) He
2: he really just isn't here. General Malkovich talking to the uh, now chairman Keaton. So there's more politics going on that I kind of glossed over, to be honest.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Uh, I I think it's notable that uh, Keaton is different from the Hawk earlier. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The guy who spoke up against the Warhawk is now the one in charge, which is why I'm like, we've made the comments about how the Chozo are literally nonviolent, but not actually nonviolent. And like doing something with the Federation, having that same, having a similar flaw would have been interesting, but like this is leading into the game, so they can only do so much. You know? Yeah. I I, I wish they did the game so this could mean something.
2: Yeah, it's just a set piece mostly for um an un an a, a unknown woman that we could possibly have no idea who it is, but it is someone <laughs> relatively tall with long blonde hair. So <laughs> only a few guesses. Chemist uh, rocking the Carmen San Diego getup. It is it is a, a full on cross between Carmen San Diego and like Alucard. Yeah, <laughs> I only say Alucard because of what she does in that outfit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: she she's strolling up to the Capitol as there are some. Uh, there are some nervous kids who are just entering the Academy and uh, she says, you, mu- you guys must be the new entries. Uh, y- yes. We're from Jigrad actually. Um, I know we're from like a backwater planet, but we want to do our best to help the Federation. And the mysterious woman pats the kid on the shoulder and says, you grew up well, Damara. Good luck. And it's like, oh,
2: that's her. <laughs> Like, who is that? And then I had to look back. Oh, that's the little girl from the planet. OK. yep, because uh, <laughs> I had already <laughs> forgotten that happened. Uh, and D- Tamara's friend is like, do you know her? Damn, she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not incorrect. But uh, as is, I guess, tradition, the new recruits bring a gift to the chairman of the Federation and they just walk up and hand it. Um, Mm -hmm. is a bouquet of flowers from the looks of it seems to be just like a ceremonial thing. So maybe it's just a they do this. Oh, yeah, this is just a ceremonial thing. Immediately, uh, Pianchi is suddenly identified as out of nowhere. The woman who was unidentified earlier just starts beating up guards in the middle of the (laughs) before Uh shouting anything starts attacking guards. Well, no, no, she's like running towards the stand.
1: And hitting the guards out of the way. Yeah, it? the guards. Like, yeah, the the guards try to stop her from running towards. But before she says anything, she starts hitting the guards. Yeah, it's
2: uh, it's a set piece. It's a set piece moment. She does her Alucard flip of like full on, like her, <laughs> her legs go like fifteen feet in the air and like she gets close enough to yell at the
0: stand and she's like adam the flowers they're dangerous throw them away and then the flowers turn into a boss fight yeah they, ter- they turn into a bunch of monsters oh
1: one one really big monster it's three separate really big monsters oh is it yeah i thought i thought it was a i thought it was a three-headed thing but i might have just oh maybe it is actually it's hard to tell. It's it's an amalgamation of danger, is what it is. It's for the set piece. Yeah, I really love
0: this moment because like Samus jumps in front of everybody to defend them and she's like, Don't worry, Tamara. You literally could not have known this was happening. You are the you are a pansy in this. You have no responsibility. I'll just clean this up. Close your eyes and count to three and arm cannon appears. I don't remember the number she gives, but she is like, uh, she de-
1: she demands a large amount of money for this. I got this. Don't worry. Uh, just pay me however much she said, at which point um, Adam yells at her. That's three times the normal rate. Oh, she's already killed it. Damn
2: it. <laughs> well, no, uh, This is the one who says too late already killed it. And I'm like, I wish I could just shout out my like fee for things and then do it before someone can disagree. <laughs> 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 okay. contract. I'd like, be like, "Hey Sam, I'll pay you twenty dollars to pick up that thing you dropped." Too late. Here you go, twenty dollars, please. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it, it is a bit like that, but I love it. It's a, it's a fun moment of banter between the two of them. I really love all the interactions between Samus and Adam and this. Which
2: again, I'm I'm not here to complain about
0: other M. I'm just <laughs> to enjoy the manga.
2: No, no, if she just goes full on power suit, kills some like those x parasites that i guess got to oh, no those aren't the x oh they're just they're just space mimics they're
1: a banned bioweapon okay I mm, no, can also are... do the same thing x parasites could do they're they're a variation on the like like standard space pirate species mm-hmm. they just can mimic themselves okay well yeah. they, they got smaller they it was a it was a, like a small thing hiding inside the bouquet of flowers and it it got big
2: Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, she's hunting down Ripley now. Ridley. <laughs> she's hunting down Ripley from Alien.
1: <laughs> she's running, she's hunting down her, her own inspiration.
0: <laughs> no, no, Samus is the Ripley XP. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> anyway. Her
1: her greatest enemy was herself all along.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's Mark who's hunting down uh, Ridley, who has the Metroids. And he's like, yes, foolish Federation coming to fight me. I will I will have the Metroids feast on your brains. It's very cartoon villain. I mean, he wants to be a cartoon villain. (laughs) He'd take that as a compliment. And uh, we have a great moment where the Federation is like, so yeah, those weird reports we've been getting of like planets left desiccated that the space pirates have gone to, we think we know what's going on. It was after the pirates went, it was after we went to planet SR388 and encountered those weird parasites and
2: Samus just walks into this high level classified meeting like they're called Metroids. Ma- ma'am, you're going to have to leave. You look like you just came from the gym. No, this is a normal <laughs> <laughs> outfit everyone wears. Okay. Uh- <laughs> And the guy's just like, Sam, oh, hi,
0: Sam, why Why do you know what this thing is? Yeah, they were a thing that the Chozo made to try to protect the galaxy. I don't really know all the details, but they, they kind of flubbed, so. uh
1: My space bird family made them with space bird magic. I'm going to go kill them now. They put together that...
0: um So this must be some sort of message from Mother Brain who we've been waging war with over these past many years.
2: And then there's a really weird like couple of panels where they cut into um, Darara. I think, was the new recruit at the Federation Academy. Pianchi is now her pet and Pianchi beats the crap out of some bullies and then says play nice with like a Bugs Bunny sign. And I'm like, that's cool. Why is that here? (laughs) <laughs> I don't
0: know, but I kind of love it.
1: Yeah, because cause is another character who, um, she was a character made for this manga and therefore can't do anything, like, can't do certain things, so... Yeah. I'd have yeah. liked to have seen her developed into a character. That doesn't really happen, but... Bianchi's yeah. funny, so I'll accept it. Bianchi
2: just judo-flips some children, and that's the that's the plot, I guess. Cool. <laughs> that's um, the
1: joke.
0: <laughs> She needs to win this situation by not being violent, despite the fact that she is clearly in no position to fight these much larger and violent bullies. So we'll have the Choso rabbit come and kick their ass.
1: Aren't they in a military academy, though?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when I I found it sort of amusing when she says, you can't uh, you shouldn't do violence on this campus. You're there to learn violence. (laughs) (laughs) Like I see this character developed because I could see that actually being an interesting character arc for her and like have interesting parallels to samus having you know similar issues so her inspiration like she and her inspiration both have like you know similar trajectories But like, we're we're at the end of it because we're getting on to right about when the game happens. So, yep, we're getting right up to the zero mission.
2: General Adam Malkovich is installing the safety protocols into Samus's armor so he can selectively turn off what abilities she's allowed to use. We're not talking about other
1: M. He does give her the missiles, right? I think. Yeah, he gives her uh, missiles and bombs. Yep. and um and actually all because like i don't know when this was made in, in relation to other m and um uh, about 10 years before okay because like there um someone did a youtube video that was a lexicon lookout with the other m that never was good video check it out who uh actually did a uh, fun dive into because you know since adam is such an important character in both this and that we might as well mention it there were some translation issues with other m not it a- even without the translation issues yeah, probably not but um the uh the sort of fun thing that almost seems like a send-up of something that actually ended up happening you know a bunch of years later was um uh he mentions that he can turn them off at any time and samus is like we'll turn them on then yeah you have permission yeah. to use them and then <laughs> she just leaves <laughs> which is really funny
0: yeah uh, Adam and adam and samus have a little heart to heart uh, Samus is like no I am a warrior and Adam's like well I mean you're not a warrior literally all the time remember to be human you're doing that thing where you're swinging too far the other way to
2: oppose them. okay then they have some flirty dialogue and then she leaves yeah <laughs> yep. Ooh. do you normally do you normally say you care about someone when they go off on a suicide mission mm-hmm. don't worry <laughs> I'll come back I'm the best <clears throat> uh, you're giving me these weapons? is this a farewell present? Ooh.
0: <laughs> then the the last two chapters are uh the lead up to um zero mission, right yeah, uh-huh It's actually quite a lot of zero mission. Oh, it's up to the final boss, isn't it? uh-huh because samus goes down to zebes uh she touches down, she banters with mother brain, and then she does a whole ass
2: boss rush yeah she she fights a boss rush is the end of this. Oh my favorite my favorite part is um when they introduce um uh Craig. uh he's just introduced as Ridley's companion and then is killed in the next page and I'm like that's about what Craig deserved <laughs> uh, that's about all Craig gets in the games <laughs> he's Ridley's roommate that they are <laughs> lifelong friends and nothing more mm-hmm, I'm sure yeah <laughs> she she fights the
0: charge beam guardian worm thingy and. The Imago fly at the same time. And then Craig shows up and she fights Kraid a little bit and she's bantering with Mother Brain and it's some cool action. This is where I think the paneling
2: is at its weakest because it's it's a it's a montage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This very much is the and then the game happened moment. It conveys what it needs to. It's not like it's not as co it's not as linearly coherent as the rest of it is. Because this is a montage of the things that happen in the, the chronologically first game.
0: And so uh, all that happens. Samus defeats this boss rush, but she's pretty badly hurt. And she has a vision of gray voice because bird magic. Bird ghost. Yep. Bird ghost leads Samus to uh, the Varia suit, which it's not the fully powered suit that... I'm not going to explain the lore (laughs) weird deep into this episode. I'm not going to explain why the Varia suit doesn't give her the shoulders yet. Thank you. (laughs) But she gets the Varia suit. Gray voice leaves her with some parting wisdom before uh, fading away to the afterlife,
2: I guess. Or something. (laughs) Or something. Fading away to wherever burst magic bird ghosts go. Meanwhile, the manga then makes the mistake of thinking we care about the Federation characters a lot more than... (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a coda for them at the
2: end. And uh, I mean, Malk definitely is a thing. And then also um, not Link gets like a weird trench coat, but he looks like he's a businessman, not an army soldier. And is just whipping people as if it's nonchalant. And I'm like, why? I'm on I'm on board with catching up with Malk. Malk is
0: defending his home planet and cretes shows up. And Mok's like, why are you here? Shouldn't you be defending your own home planet? Because this is apparently like a, a galaxy wide assault by the space pirates. And he's like, yeah, no, I already took care of that. So I decided to come help you. Hey, where's Samus? Oh yeah. She went to Zebes all alone, man. She's really leaving
2: us out of the fun stuff, huh? It's yeah, almost like I, we're side characters in this manga. I didn't, I didn't have to worry about my home planet. The hero of times got that settled. Yeah. <laughs> so all that happens. And then Damara shows up again to just, be thinking about Samus to lead into mm-hmm. Samus having a full-on outfit change because we need the full glamour shot of Samus in, in the Varia her... suit. Well it's not in the Varia suit, it's in her civvies, but she's got a mini skirt on instead of the shorts she normally has. <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 a fully uh. different outfit that they had just for this scene, I guess. It's okay. She's talking to gray voice. Yeah, she's talking to Grey Voices Ghost. He gives
0: her the various suit. She fights Ridley. Yeah, he's like, I am dead. I can see everything clearly now. We have, we Chozo have left our, uh, we have left our will for a, a universe of peace with you, our successor. Now
1: go and kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you are your are, uh, successor to our peaceful ideas. Uh now go murder that space <laughs> dragon pterodactyl thing. Now go get on his ass, my child.
2: <laughs> and, then, and then the Ridley fight is literally just a bunch of cool poses of Samus in the Varia suit. Like,
0: yeah, she's hitting him with all the beams. Uh
2: play the game for the full experience. It's it's very uh like he doesn't talk at all except for the mm-hmm. end. He's just like he's burning again. <laughs> like, you're going to keep saying that. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and Samus goes, see you in hell and blows
0: him up with the super missile. And we'll never see him again. We we do have a great moment of Samus giving this big cathartic mm-hmm. scream after destroying Ridley. Uh, and I'm sure he'll never show up again except for Prime and Prime 3 and Samus returns and, and Super. And Smash and Ultimate. And, <laughs> and Smash Ultimate. <laughs> and then uh, Samus goes to confront Mother Brain and the Metroids. And that's where
2: we have the Go play the game. The end of the manga. <laughs> I I really liked the afterward on the back of. I guess it's on the inside of the dust cover. Uh, it's the um, mm-hmm. author, I believe. It's uh, Ishikawa Kenji, um, who's just apologizing to the readers, saying, "Hey, sorry. Uh, I, I as all creators, I just feel bad when I finish a work, but uh, my son has been wanting to play catch for like eight months <gasps> yeah. now." So I'm going to go spend
1: time with my child and I'm like, good on you, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, with all of the like parental theming, I think that's the,
0: (laughs) so yeah, that brings us to the end of our reading. Let's get into some discussion. Uh, So favorite characters for everybody. Uh, I mean, obviously I love Samus. She is, she's the lady. She's the main character. I can't wait to see her again in uh, dread tomorrow, but I gotta say, Ridley? What a freaking villain. I love Ridley in this. I, or I, I love to hate Ridley. in.
1: Yeah, and, uh, most liked character versus uh, favorite character. That, uh, once again, is an important distinction. hmm.
0: Because he is such a terrible monster, and it's great to see him get destroyed at the end, even though, you know, we know he comes back. But uh, yeah, that
2: that's my pick. Uh, Samus's favorite. Ridley is most enjoyed. How about you guys? i uh, Matt here. I'll go. Um, so it's hard not to pick Samus because she gets the most characterization out of it. everyone else. has pretty flat arcs, with the exception of maybe Ridley. And I guess you could make an argument for Mother Brain, but th- there's just not a lot of characterization for anyone else is really the thing. Just to be different, I guess I will pick. Uh, I really liked Adam in this. When he is on screen, he is like eating up the scenery, mm-hmm. and like as far as like characters go, he he gets a lot of voice, and I just really like his scenes, and um, he swears at uh, not Link, so really good.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam's also a a solid choice. How about you, Jacob? Um. Oh, definitely. Favorite character is not Link. I think he's hilarious. Uh, really deep that's character.
0: Mike. That's Mike. <laughs> that's, that's bit. You can't steal that.
1: <laughs> Look, I finally got the opportunity to steal that bit. I couldn't not. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Ridley is a character who um, gets characterized so quickly as an aspiring author myself. You know, I, I notice things like there's that whole... Um, Like you should never tell your audience about something about your character. You should always show it. And the thing that I the thing that I noticed about Ridley's introduction is that they tell you what he is. And when he expresses that he is, yes, exactly that. And if anything, he's worse. Doubly reinforces how awful he is. Uh, Gray voice, for example, like tries to tear him down and make him think less of himself. And he's like, yes. I know I'm a monster. I know I'm a wild animal. I take pride in this. Is that supposed to insult me? And like, he doesn't have to say it because he conveys it through his actions. Um, So honestly, even more so than Samus, I think Ridley is my favorite character in uh the manga. Samus is uh, pretty close up there too. Um, And in all honesty, a lot of the other characters like Darara. I'd love to see more of her. It's entirely because of the potential the character has because her story couldn't get started until after the games happened. And this, and this manga only goes up to the games. Like, uh, Malk is, is really fun. I'd like to see a solo story of him, but it's not, you know, this isn't here for that. Really is again, like, I don't know why my mind goes here. I think it's entirely because it's such a non-human thing that gets personified so well through facial expressions, but it's like the the hybrids in the Jurassic World movies where, like, Ridley is not in any way human. He has nothing that conveys any level of humanity to him, and yet you can read his face so clearly. And that just, like, sucks you into every scene he's in. <laughs> he, he he knows he's a cartoon villain and, and there for the... You know, there to be extra, and he he's living his best life, mm-hmm. except when his ship is on fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm saving that reaction image. I'm using that one a lot. <laughs> it's a really good one. All right, so uh, big thing. Samus is very chatty in this. They took the silent pro tag, and they made her not that. Uh, thoughts on that, Jake? You put it pretty well. It's a necessity for the adaptation. And they were clearly going for kind of a uh, an 80s camp theme. I personally appreciate a chance, the chance to see more characterization of Samus. Of course, I always have the like version of her in my mind that I got from playing the games, and uh, I think, in a sense, the fact that my first game was my first games were Prime and Fusion, two of the ones where Samus talks the most she doesn't talk in prime she writes
1: whatever it semantics expresses herself the most yeah she expresses herself a
0: lot in prime and she does have actual like dialogue and monologuing infusion so i have a very strong characterization of samus in my mind just from that and i think this manga did a really good job of expressing how she came to that Does it do it in more words than it probably strictly needs to? Yeah. Is it keeping consistent with the tone of the manga?
2: Also, yeah, so I can't be mad. I don't get that at all. I don't think she's exceptionally chatty in this. Like, I wouldn't... I think she speaks a normal amount. Other characters in this talk way more than her. That's true. That's true. She normally just reacts to other people's monologues. Like... Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I guess... I guess then... My take on it is I think the reason why I have that idea in my head that she was a bit more chatty than I was expecting is because and again, this is this is like owing to like uh, Nintendo silent protagonists having characterization through other people's reactions after she had that moment where she. You know, accepted her trauma and let it out and got back to the mission. I think, I think, um, Leroy Jethro Gibbs from NCIS is kind of more of the way I was imagining, uh, Samus, where she mostly speaks through the, the like her giving someone looks and she doesn't actually have to use words, mm-hmm. is the way I imagined it in my mind. She doesn't talk an unnatural amount for like any given character. But a lot of the experience I've had with the Metroid series is like, you know, like I'll watch a speed run, for example, and there's literally no dialogue in, you know, Metroid Zero Mission, for example. So, or at least there's none in the speed run anyway. I don't think the lore of any of the Metroid games is that Samus
2: can't talk. She just doesn't talk for the game.
1: Yeah, she just doesn't talk because there's no one to talk to. And I recognize that. Like, like that's this why- isn't.
2: This isn't the Tom and Jerry movie
1: where they didn't talk <laughs> up until the movie and then they're like, "Well, I just never had anything to say to you." Well, yeah, no. And and that's the reason why the the more pulpy style in her, you know, responding to people. It's like it's not the choice I would have made for the character. I would have had her more express herself through looks and body language. But again, I'm I'm coming to it from the perspective of um how I how I saw her through the games that I've watched because I've not played it myself. It's serviceable dialogue. Like like there's nothing wrong with the with the voice they gave her. And like obviously I'm not a fanboy uh, Metroid fanboy or anything, but there's like that fan reflex of like angsty teen Samus. It's like that's not the Samus I know. And it's like no, it's not. Yeah, because she hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know like I had to I had to like you know check and reframe every now and again when I was slipping out of you know engaging the mm-hmm. story as it was meant to be engaged all right
0: and uh well you can't continue reading because this is all of this manga (laughs) (laughs) there are other things on the metroid database uh manga and comics page but a lot of that is unofficial so i mean you could is this official
2: this is official oh yeah this is canon wait it's canon
1: it's canon isn't it sam's being very quiet (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah it's canon oh okay yeah, this is this is the canon prequel manga to the games. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Which means not Link is canonically part of the Metroid series. Oh, man. And, canoni- like and canonically Adam Malkovich cussed out some
2: guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, would you
1: play Metroid having read this uh, tie in? Metroid is a game series where the genre is not my default. Is, is honestly the reason why it's, it's, it's been something that's on my list. I wouldn't choose to play Metroid specifically because of this comic. Though that said, I would, you know, Metroid is something I want to get around to someday. And moreover, in all honesty, and I think this is um, uh, a sign of the comics uh, for, for all of the you know for all of the hiccups that we mentioned, the, a sign of the comics quality, I'd like to see this series continued and have it cover the games as well this this manga as a pitch for the video games i don't know is necessarily like probably not but um this manga as a standalone piece and also you know like getting into the metroid franchise yeah i'd say i'd say yes
2: like if this manga is the only thing i knew about like would this be enough to convince me to play metroid Mm -hmm. probably not. like as as i said like a lot of it would hit points where i it felt really clear to me as a reader. This wasn't written for someone who didn't know anything about Metroid. This was written for fans of Metroid to get a little background on the characters they like. Yeah. Um, I would definitely read more of this if like we got maybe not like, co- coverage of the games. Cause I feel like in order to, for the game to be like a good like manga story, you'd have to editorialize it a lot to mm-hmm. the point. Just <laughs> do
1: some original The big yeah, the big thing about this doing the games is you would basically have to have like some of the manga only characters shoehorned into the games, at which point it's kind of doing its own thing at that point. So I I just think
2: like a, a manga of a Metroidvania where most of it is like about exploration by yourself. Like, I don't think that's really interesting because you'd either have to have the character narrating to themselves and then that would be definitely chatty Samus even though it's an internal monologue but like the alternative is nothing like yeah you
1: yeah yeah. the the um the appeal of that type of game is that you're doing it yourself so yeah it very much is the case where you know they would have to they would have to put other character other speaking characters into the story and so yeah, it doing its own thing instead of one of the games maybe is the better idea. I,
2: I would I would read the hell out of a um Samus being a bounty hunter on a populated world going around going like, hey, you skipped bail. Have you seen this man?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would read the heck out of that. Uh, And I don't think there needs to be a question of what I continue playing. What time is it right now? Yeah, as soon as midnight hits tonight, I'm going to GameStop. And you're not going to hear from me for 72 hours.
2: Uh, Don't worry, audience. I will post on the Twitter, at OverMangaCast on Twitter, uh, if Sam dies from not eating or (laughs) drinking while playing uh, Metroid. I'll also (laughs) post if he's alive at the end of 72 hours, just so you know.
1: I am physically I am physically close enough, so I will do my best, but I make no promises because the stuff we've been enduring with his anticipation for dread, I don't know if I can pull him away long enough. We'll see. <laughs>
2: like like he might just have a heart attack upon the start screen loading. Like we don't know. We we shall soon find out. It's been 19 years! <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the Overmonga Cast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at OverMangacast. We're also at OverMongaCast on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like and comment as well. It's a good way to reach us about
1: the individual episodes. Uh comments on YouTube are are great to um we can uh answer any questions you have, um, mm-hmm. uh, any suggestions that you've got. Oh uh, Yeah, also, if you have anything you want us to read, um, go
2: ahead, send us a DM on Twitter. Really, any way to contact us will be pretty good. We've done that in the past. We'll do that in the future. Um, And always, we really appreciate, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Um, They're really helpful for us, and it's good to just have interaction. This manga might not have been particularly spooky in and of itself. It Wait. is our precursor into Dread. Hold on, Sam what's what's that sound in the background it's it's coming in softly it is that is that is that skeletons? Is that the <laughs> sound of Halloween approaching? I think it Halloween. is my friends because it is October
0: the spookiest month of the year
2: and uh for this October, we've got um unfortunately Metroid ate up one of our October slots, but uh the remaining three weeks in October, we are going to do a different horror series. Mm-hmm. So um the first on that list uh, what 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 series are we going to be reading first Sam Franken Fran which we are going to be reading
0: volumes 1 and 2 get ready for some <coughs> spooky zombie goodness I I I don't actually know Franken Fran so I'm getting ready uh, it, I, it is
2: it is a horror medical anthology it's um Kind of Twilight zone people of people going to a doctor who can cure anything and asking for them to fix their problems and then realizing maybe their problems should have been fixed in a less severe way. <laughs> oh, excellent. Hubris, my favorite
0: theme. This ought to be fun.
2: <laughs> yep, I'm excited. And uh, I know Jay is very excited to read Frank and Fran and she will be back next week to do that. <laughs>
1: I, mm-hmm. I, I do recall I do recall this series being brought up at some point. Uh, so uh, this this should be interesting. Th- this was Jay's pick. She loves Frank and Fran.
0: <laughs> yep. So uh, volumes one and two for next week. We'll see you next Thursday. If I survive planet ZDR.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: Good night. See you next mission.